think it's only right to just start with a prayer. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, thank you for being here present with us today. God, we love that you created us. Like, we're so thankful for the life that you have given us. Um, And we just love the way that you gave us the ability to talk to you, that you gave us life. Lord Jesus, I pray that you bless this podcast and you bless this time that James, Caleb, and I have tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 James, my man. Yes, sir. Bailey. I'm I'm gonna address the, the, the listenership, the viewership real fast because we got the we got the new setup here. What is up? This is great. I'm loving this already. It just feels right. Yep, you know? the layout is nice and new. So guys, welcome back to the Created Curious Podcast. I'm your host, Bailey Mullins. Next to me, I have James. I don't know how to say your last name because I keep thinking McCormick, <laughs> but it's McKissick. 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 Yeah. It is Scottish. Yes. So uh, James is current student at A&M. Yeah, yeah. I'm a and, senior. And you're moving in towards your interest is around uh, media and, and how that's influenced, uh, education influences that right now, how much we're focusing towards that. And then... Um, also, you're a believer in Jesus, mm-hmm. and then you're, you're very interested in just worldview in general. Yeah. But. Yeah, no. Um, uh, I went into telecommunication because I, I kind of wanted to get into the field of media production, and the way that's moving is the internet sphere. And um, so I'm really, really interested in connection, like getting to know people, connecting with them, and sharing valuable ideas and kind of growing uh, as individuals, but also as a culture through that, uh, but most importantly in our faith through that. And, um, you know, I've like in the past, I've really struggled to, I guess, focus and put my time and energy toward that. And it's easy to get distracted and forget what your ultimate purpose is in life. Mm. Uh, but God recently kind of reminded me of that and is that's, that's kind of the direction that he's pushing me right now. And so kind of putting in my head how to, pursue a career in multimedia while honoring him and all that I do and using that to uh, share his glory with the world which is a tough tough thing in 2020 and 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 I think that's a a great transition what I what I want to start with is just how you have been because we haven't talked in a while yeah but how this process for you of determining what life direction you want to go how has that been in like what has been the emotions with that? Because, like, I think that's what everybody is dealing with now when they're trying to make a like life decision and direction and prepare for the future, especially college students. They, it's stressful, and yeah. and we don't talk about that enough. We talk yeah. about doing it, but the emotion within it is what makes it kind of significant and right. allows you to learn more from it. Yeah, yeah, no, and that's that's something that I've kind of been uh, thinking about and dealing with, uh, and. Uh, my professor Joey Lopez at Texas A&M, like he's my favorite professor. I had him my first class that I had here at A&M last spring semester, 8 a.m. class. Um, so literally, um, like I went from being homeschooled all throughout uh, elementary, middle, and high school yeah. to community college uh, to Texas A&M. 
And it was just kind of like big leaps, you know, every day because there was a lot of uh, flexibility with schooling, being homeschooled. Mm -hmm. And then going to community college, there was a lot less pressure. Um, So even though there was that structure, there was a lot less pressure. And then moving into Texas A&M and just like it's so much more expensive. It's so much bigger, you know, like I guess it's harder to find people that care about you as an individual and care more about their job or their position at the university. And so like to have my first class on campus just walk in and have this really warm professor Mm. who teaches differently, who's concerned about learning skills and not just teaching you to pass a test and then forgetting about you. You know, like I was drawn to that and now he's mentoring Mm. me to help improve my skills. And it's weird because he's an agnostic, Mm. uh, but he's really laid back and willing to discuss, uh, you know, worldview and faith and things like that and he's super positive about helping me out as a christian like even knowing you know how he stands in relation Mm. to the christian religion and and uh the christian faith so um so let's let's actually dive into that a little bit more because i'm super curious um how impactful because i'm sure you've had professors that just go through the routine mm. how impactful has it been you know, regardless of worldview, for a professor to take distinct in- interest in who you are as a person and the development of you as a as a person, like I like to guess. I guess to put it most simply, I would say that he is one of the most important influences in my life to date. Mm. Um, like. <clears throat> Because, I mean, first and foremost, my parents making the sacrifices that they did to ensure that I was schooled the best that they knew how uh, and homeschooling being my mom sacrificing a career. Uh, She uh, both my parents graduated here class of 88. Um, My dad is an industrial engineer and my mom got a degree in public health. Um, And, you know, they both had promising careers ahead. But then um, they did what uh, they felt led to do by God, you know, and that was my mom, you know, full-time parent. And, um, and then just seeing the state of the world and the public school system, even, you know, 20 years ago, like as I was going into first grade to recognize that that's not the place that they wanted their kids to be eight hours a day. And then to be willing to make those sacrifices, you know, and I haven't had anyone outside my immediate circle, like my family, my best friend's family, my grandparents, you know, like I haven't had anybody else really show that, aside Mm. from them until Joey. So like, that's how impactful it is to me. Like I, you know, I view him almost as family. Mm. And we, and we never know who has like positive influences in their life and who doesn't. Like when we walk past people, we can assume a lot based upon our own like experiences. We can look at someone and say, oh dang, well they must have a good father figure or they must have a good mentor. If we've experienced those things, but I think it would be a positive thing if we started to like kind of open our eyes more and our heart more to people around us and said, okay, how can I be that person that me as a younger person always wanted and needed? Right. Yeah. And that I think has shaped a lot of my decision becoming an adult and what field I chose to pursue. Like I often think back about, you know, my younger self and a lot of the mistakes that I made and like what I would tell my younger self. But not only that, like, I mean, I'm getting to the age where I'm almost as old as my parents were when I was born. Mm -hmm. Right. 
And so I'm thinking about things that they did to bring me up that they did well and that I want to emulate, but also thinking about things that they did poorly that I want to avoid doing. Um, and just thinking about that and like that shaping how I'm growing up, but also like still struggling to fight against the things that I want to do that I know that I shouldn't, you know? Yeah. I think a lot of the times when we're, we, we like look at our parents and we're like, okay, I don't want to be like that in this aspect. Right. Or like maybe it's even most aspects. You're like, I don't want to be that same person when I get older. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I think a lot of times the danger is though that we'll just flip to the other side. Right. And that's like how, kind of how it is uh, with a lot of decisions in life, you know, like <clears throat> with the different um, theological viewpoints on the Bible, where if we're talking premillennialist or dispensationalist, mm-hmm. Sometimes because you grew up one and then you're like, wait, this seems weird. Then you'll jump to another one that may still not be correct, but it's just the opposite of it. And so I think whenever we're trying to navigate like, okay, what, like what I don't want to be like, just don't default to being a contrarian and jumping to the other side, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, no. And I think that that's one thing that I appreciate about like what my parents did like they they definitely uh were more conservative christian and i consider myself more uh libertarian but i still mm. consider myself a pretty devout christian even though i struggle sometimes but that's that's one thing like i and my parents dis- disagreeing a lot politically and um that's because they taught me to think for myself but they also don't disparage me for disagreeing with them which i yeah. think is why i felt like i had the courage to uh talk to them about yeah. my uh my differing viewpoints you know sure and um so like that's one thing i appreciate about my education for sure uh and i think that that's helped me to grow up and you know be a better christian like it says you know train up a child in the way he should go and when he's old he will not depart from it yeah yeah um let's let's return back to uh uh, your professor um Mm -hmm. what exactly do you feel like was the has been the most impactful thing because he's mentoring you in, in media um, and trying to help you uh, kind of funnel your creativity in a certain direction. Right. Like what has been the fundamental steps that he's taken to like take a personal interest and you can grab like, okay, <laughs> there's yeah. like a little bug or something. Yeah. I'm pretty uh, sure it's a mosquito. <laughs> by, the, by the way, guys, I, I promised him I'd do this. Do y'all remember what the company was? The, the the plumbing company. So oh, yeah, oh, I yeah, forgot yeah. what it was. I think it was ARS maybe. <laughs> American uh, Resident Services. Yes. Yeah. So uh, uh, we have James here. Not this James, yeah. but a different James. From, Two James. Uh, from American Resident Services. And um, he, I promise I'll give him a shout out here, but he's working on some stuff. Uh, so inside, if you hear so, any noise, that's yeah. what it is. So I, I don't think it's been very noisy, but no. Uh, so, but yeah, let's get, continue with that question. Uh, what exactly has he done to impact you? You know, we, we talk about like what he's, that he has impacted you, but like, what, right. what does that look like? Uh, just, sh- uh, well, first step was me noticing how he was as a professor. Like he teaches really differently. He's more concerned with you learning than you just parroting back uh-huh. like certain information. Like he, so he's um, smart. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he's got a PhD from uh, TU. Oh. Uh, hey, that's but, where I'm from, though. So that's yeah. Good. Like, uh, I what mean, is his like, name again? I think Joey I've Lopez. Talk, I've talked to him. Yeah. Um, 
he, you know, Joey Lopez, he goes by Joey PhD sometimes. Like that's kind of his online uh, persona. Um, but I can see that. That's he, um, it's on brand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he just showed a genuine interest. Like the way that he teaches is like, he'll talk about, uh, certain skills. Like, uh, the first one I took was Com 230 communication technology skills. And he would teach us different skills, uh, with a teeny bit of theory behind them and just kind of like, uh, show us how to do it. And then he would give us small assignments, uh, you know, to put those skills to work. But he wasn't judging us on outright quality of what we put out. He told us to find something that we were passionate about and then tell a story or do something with that mm. and use that skill and bring in that thing that you're passionate about because um, he wants to take skills and passion and put them together. And when people do that, they create art, you know? Yeah. And that's that's what he is about. And so... Well, when they learn too. Right, exactly. Be, because yeah. like they can take something that they have an actual interest in and then take this information that they're learning that they might otherwise not care about and mm. realize, oh, this information has value to me because it can help me express myself through my art. And so he... Um, he doesn't judge you on outright quality, but he does tell you do something you're passionate about and then improve. Yeah. And so like, if you're not showing improvement or effort throughout the semester, then he's going to dock your grades later on. But he doesn't want to put pressure on you to learn a very specific thing because that's just not how the world works anymore. Yeah. Like everybody has <clears throat> so much access to so much information and so many different technologies. But also certain people, you know, like we talk about the technology gap and people who are lower income don't have as much access to technology. Mm. And so he's trying to give them the skills to do what they can with whatever they have access to. And so like that's another reason why he's not super concerned about quality yeah. because the, the story or the art that somebody might put out shouldn't be diminished by the quality of, of, the, of the piece because of their limited access. Mm. So that's something that he really focuses on and that's what he's been working with me on more recently so like that's one thing in the yeah. classroom but also out of the classroom yeah he can, has we, this, can we dive mm, down that a little bit yeah, though? yeah. Uh, i would love like and everybody has pretty high quality cameras now like yeah. on their phone because they have right. access um i think this might be you know like i, I want to continue to this but i, I mm -hmm. just think it's valuable to stop here and look at it for a second between because what you said was a great point, and I want to like highlight what, what's what's there. I think one of the positive things from this COVID experience is it's kind of starting to show us how like Stone Age we are in education, as far as from a collegiate point of view, and like right. how we've gotten stuck in one way of doing things. Uh, from an education perspective and we kind of miss what education is because we have gotten processes down right and it's like yeah. when have you ever really learned from a class that you didn't enjoy right yeah no and that's that's exactly what he is like trying to kind of hammer home like he's saying uh because when he went to tu they had this thing called the ACK lab and mm. um his his mentor at uh Texas University. Uh, I got to say, you know, I'm an Aggie, but uh, I can say it, University of Texas. Okay. There you go. <laughs> yeah. His it mentor, wasn't the first, but that's okay. Yeah. We're all, we're all created equal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but his professor there was all about being unorthodox and like latching onto people's creativity and not trying to shove them into a box. Yeah. And that's kind of a lot of where he gets his passion for helping other people learn how to express their, their art. 
Um, and so he kind of, because he knows, like, if you don't enjoy it, you're probably not going to remember it very well. And like, you're not actually going to mm. learn. So that's like, he wants to take your passion and combine it with, you know, valuable skills. So, um, like that's the thing that drew me to him in the classroom, but then also out of the classroom, yeah. like he, he's put together this thing called the convergent media collective. And it's, um, he started it back when he was a professor at uh, university of incarnate word. And I'm pretty sure that's down in San Antonio. It's a private, I think it might be a Catholic school. Um, and, uh, he was a professor down there and he started it. And so like, he basically just wanted to do the same thing that he had at the ACK lab back at TU. And, um, translate that to his uh pedagogy uh and uh just like how he teaches and so like he was able to gather together a bunch of equipment because he grew up interested in computers like back in the 80s you know when they were starting to get to the masses and then the internet was starting to come around in the early 90s and so like he has a lot of skill and knowledge and he's kept up his entire life um, and when he was at TU, um, he with Brandon Wiley kind of started a service for uploading videos onto the internet prior mm. to YouTube. Like, wow. yeah. And they actually <laughs> got on Austin news, like on the TV, like talking about it. And this, I want to <laughs> say was back in like the early two thousands, like Oh two Oh three, I think something like that. That might just show you how like important branding is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's so but he, he just kind of translated that to outside the classroom. He's like, hey, like, you know, you guys are my students, but, you know, stuck in the classroom, like, you know, that's so limiting. So let's let's get outside the classroom where we have more freedom and we don't have to worry about deadlines or grades or things like that. And just like talk about being creative, no pressure. And people like got together and it's like, oh, well, I'm good at video and well, you're good at audio. Let's get together and let's make this you know, kick butt music video, you know? And so like, he kind of did that and they had parties and stuff on campus and like, they would go to these art shows and things like that and do like, um, new media art exhibits, like using projectors and stuff to project images onto like, you know, different, uh, landscapes and things like that. And so, um, he just kind of took that. And then there was, uh, a really, tough issue that he had to deal with at UIW. He had a student of his that he really, really, uh, like liked, you know, saw some creativity and promise. And that student's name was Cameron Reedus. And, um, like he got shot and killed by campus police after a stop. And then the university basically tried to sweep it under the rug. And, uh, Joey was like, no, it's not cool. You know, you guys are like Catholics, Christians, you know, like, that's that's not what Christianity is supposed to do. And like basically for him speaking up, they fired him. So uh, and he was without a job for like an entire year. And so he had to like figure things out and reinvent himself. And he put out a lot of applications mm. and things like that. And that's how he ended up here at A&M. And now he's slowly working to kind of change the uh, comm department from the inside out because like they mm. focus a whole lot on theory right. and they don't focus a whole lot on application yeah. and like well, different it seems mediums. Like they, it seems like they focus a lot on indoctrination to me. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Like thankfully that hasn't been my experience. I mean, isn't like, that what like old school, like it's old school theory sometimes? I mean, there's valuable things that you can get from it. But it almost seems like the like if you're talking communication, mm-hmm. if you're not like up to date on the current communications and how people do that, then like podcasts, for instance, what we're mm-hmm. doing right now right. is <clears throat> you don't 
have to necessarily be constantly thinking about the psychology of your audience in order to put out stuff that people like. Yeah. You know? And yeah. so I think if you train people in how to produce versus just think about something and yeah. like you said, repeat questions or repeat mm. definitions you're yeah. going to teach them how to do applicable skills and i think that kind of i don't, I don't know i want you to comment well, on this like oh yeah what do you think what do you where do you think we are going as a, like university and where do you think the spots of um kind of in, in the modern education or in the current education system what do, where do you think the the flaws are um well I'm not really super well equipped to comment on that as a whole. Yeah. Um, but I will say uh, where Texas A&M as a university yeah. is headed. There he is. Okay. Good old uh, James. Do yeah. his thing. <laughs> but uh, Texas A&M as a university, like, I think it's it's moving in very many directions. Like, sure. um, and this is something that I talk about, like, with my friends, you know, and I've talked about with Joey. Um, I grew up in Aggie, like, you know, I went to the last bonfire before the bonfire tragedy back in 1998. Like oh, I went to wow. the 1998 bonfire. I was four years old. Um, so and explain then, what bonfire is for people that don't know. Bonfire. Um, it kind of started as a trash burn and just like for people who aren't from Texas, you know, <laughs> don't know who Texas A&M is. They're one, uh, I'm pretty sure they're the, uh, largest senior military college, um, in the United States and senior military colleges are basically, um, universities that have an ROTC program. And, um, uh, we, we were established by, uh, continue, the, continue. the Texas land grant, yeah. um, land grant schools, um, by president or, Lincoln, right? Or no, no, sorry. National land grant schools, yeah. not Texas, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we were a land grant school. I, I, I guess it was president Lincoln. Yeah, I um, it was. But uh, we also were set up with an ROTC program. And in World War II, we actually had more officers uh, serving overseas than West Point did. Like, to kind of give you an idea of how large and how, like, deep in our roots the, the military culture is. And uh, so uh, along with that, you know, there's a very tight brotherhood and uh, a large emphasis on tradition. And so, like... Which Back. is a great thing for yeah. for a lot for for this reason. Yeah, the, the little ag, the ag I ring. haven't got my ag <laughs> ring yet. Uh, like I've qual like I'm qualified for it. I can get it, dude. Um, I straight up because of COVID went mm -hmm. and picked this thing up mm -hmm. from UPS. Yeah, and my girlfriend and I were sitting in my Jeep, mm -hmm. and like it was a, it was a great moment. Still, yeah, it was fantastic well, moment. But this was yeah. something that I've talked about. Like I have a friend who graduated in '05, I think. Um, and she was like, yeah, back then, like it wasn't near as big, like it was a lot more intimate. And oh. I think like the big hubbub is kind of, uh, taken, not necessarily taking the focus off the achievement, but kind of remove the intimacy of it. Like, and you don't share it as closely with your close friends and family, right. you know, it's more just like a big old party and, you know, a reason to party, but well, and, the, and then yeah. the ring dunk thing didn't even happen. For people listening that don't know anything about A&M, our tradition popped up, I think, around 2013 is when it got a mm. little bit more common. Where, where you chugging it. Oh, oh so, yeah, so, yeah. No, you used to get a picture and you would share it with your friends, yes. you know. So you've got one picture between, like, four or five, six people. And then, like, you know, in the mid-2000s, mid early 2010s, uh, people started being like, no, nah, I'll take this whole picture of beer myself, you yeah. know. <laughs> Well, it's because um, of social media. Yeah. Because um, 
millennials and social media kind of well pressured it to make it a actually competition. i'm i'm 1994 and yeah. i'm the last year of millennials so like it's really mainly gen z i mean like yeah. i guess then was millennials yeah. uh like 2013 2014 about. yeah yeah okay yeah <laughs> and then like zoomers as i like zoomers to call now them. yeah 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 uh they they kind of took over and it's up for debate whether or not it's 1994 or 97 but like you can't i don't think like people people are like oh well it's this way and it's like mm. who defines that some right. people get together in a room they're like well we think this is where trends started changing it's like nowadays it's hard to like even you said you like spending time with older people and having these like con deep conversations right. with them and you feel more inclined to those. So why do like, I guess you can define generations like in general, but I feel like with the acceleration of the internet and everything that's happening right now, you almost really can't like define what the cutoff point is. Right. Yeah, no. And that's one thing that, uh, like the internet has really changed because, you know, around then, you know, 97, 98 is right when the internet really started to get prominent. Sure. And now because of that, like the information exchange is so constant that it's constantly rolling over. Just like look at meme trends, you know, like if you've got a meme that lasts more than a month, like it's long lasting now. Mm. Whereas like in the early 2000s when memes really started to pop up or like, I mean, I guess maybe even the late 90s on like message boards and stuff on the internet and like memes started to really become a thing mm. like they would last for years and now it's just like you're lucky if it lasts a month and it like people still think it's funny well think about even uh youtube yeah how youtube was like do you remember uh what was that video charlie bit my finger oh there's that yeah there's that there was a uh, the one with the puppet harry potter puppet pals you never remember I that i never saw that no. <laughs> well these like the, these kind of videos don't really get the limelight anymore it seems like yeah where it was like back in the day there's like these kind of funnier video i don't know it was just well there was less content and more like just sensational things got big and now it's more like personalities as a full-on network you can get just about anything on youtube yeah yeah no and like i think that's one thing that's really great is because we've shown that you don't have to have a big bloated production mm. to get high quality content you can have a dude with a camera and like you know a thousand dollar computer and you can get you know stuff that yeah. like back in the early 2000s would have cost hundreds or you know under the thousands or even millions of dollars to produce and mm. it's one guy you know 1500 bucks and like just a little bit of time and know-how well even a studio like this like well yeah no like this is insane like to think that you've been able to do this as a college student you've got a multi-camera setup you've got you know a computer that you can stream to multiple platforms at the same time you know you can get decently high profile guests i'm not accounting myself among yeah. them i'm like <laughs> you know like bottom tier like well, I'm back, just in up the, and coming. back in the mindless millennials days i yeah. actually had bob metcalf the creator of ethernet yeah on my yeah. show i just rebranded more to to because i i was having a lot of transfers happening in my life with just you know uh god really tugging my heart in, in yeah. into this direction of just being more submitted to him with what i do and I didn't really, I started this, the podcast, I started Mindless Millennials when I was about 19 years old. And so a ton, especially if you're following Jesus, like yeah. a ton changes between oh, yeah. 19 Dude. and 24 as like a, a young guy. Yeah. No, like in high school, like I walked away from the church like around 17 because mm. like um, I was like, my parents brought me up pretty solid in the church and like we like. 
I moved to Houston when I was about three or four years old. And we had a church that we had been going to for about a solid eight years or something like that. Um, and maybe, no, even more like 10 or 12 years. And uh, I guess my parents were having some personal issues with the church. And so um, one Sunday without telling us, they just kind of up and, uh, you know, moved us to a different church. And like that church kind of rejected me. And so like I rejected the church and like mm-hmm. I knew it was where I was supposed to be. But I just kind of walked away because I was tired of it. Uh, and then 19 was when, uh, my best friend invited me like, cause my best friend's family moved Shout out. Shout out Ryan. <laughs> well, no, my oh, other best did... friend, John Mark. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, no, he's super cool. And you actually kind of remind me of him a lot. Like, uh, personality wise. Have I wise. met him? I think I you've just mentioned him quite I've, a bit. I've yeah. mentioned him. Yeah. Like, but I mean, I've been friends with him. Like, uh, my parents became friends with his parents when they were in school here back in the eighties. And then, like, still shout out Ryan though. Yeah, yeah, still shout out Ryan. <laughs> Ryan, I've been friends with since I've since I was seven. So like, he's my second longest running friend. Um, but uh, he, uh, his family, uh, John Mark's family, had moved up to South Carolina when I was about ten, and so I only got to see him about once a year. And then he was in school at Clemson, and he transferred down to A and M to finish up mm. because like his parents had graduated here, my parents had. It was kind of a family thing. And so he transferred down here to get his ring and finish up his engineering degree because he wanted to be back in Texas. And he invited me to go to church with his family. And I started going with them. And I did that for four years until I transferred up here um, to Texas A&M. And now I go to church up here. Uh, but yeah, 19 was when I started getting back into the church. Um, and then 20 was when I really started getting serious about my faith. Um, See, I think that's the thing. It, it's such a shame. It's because like people uh, it's it's bad on both parts really that like people define god by people the people their experiences with people define who god is they're like oh well if he claims to be christian and he's treating me this way then i don't want anything to do with his god right you know and that's the shame of it it's like we have to get past and, and know that people are like not perfect we are not perfect. Whether you're Christian, atheist, or whatever, you're you're living in a, a broken age yeah. that we we have dire need for a savior, right? We we have this void in us that we're trying to fill with all this material, yeah. And and it's there's only an infinite source can fill that, and it's just a shame that we like take people for and people people screw up everything, like. People will take something that's if you have something that's clean, it's gonna get dirty. You know, no matter yeah. what it is. And yeah. So, well, and, and not only that, but um, we see that people's relationship with God the Father, for example, is directly related to how you see uh, your own dad. So, mm. if your dad didn't protect you as a child, you're gonna struggle with trusting God to protect you mm. now. Yeah, and we're defining. Are the Father God through our own personal lens of experiences and own hurts and unforgiveness and pain and childhood issues when that's not who God is? Yeah, yeah, and that's that's one thing that I've talked with Joey about. Like, and this is one thing that I disagree on uh, with him. You know, and we've talked about it a little bit, not super in depth, but he's basically he basically says that we construct our reality based on our experience, but we. Um, I would I would add a couple more words to that. We construct our perspective of reality mm. because what we experience does not change what is actually there. It just changes how we see what is actually there. And so yeah. like the more that we've experienced, the more whole picture we have of reality. 
Mm-hmm. And um, so we can construct a more accurate perspective, um, but we're still not changing reality just yeah. be, just because we experienced one thing and not another thing. So that's that's one thing that I've discussed with him that I disagree with him on, sure. just coming from the Christian uh, perspective. Yeah. The way I would say it, honestly, is more like um, it's not the experiences that define us, but how we react to the experiences. Yeah. Right, yeah. So it... What so two people could go through the exact same life circumstances and have two different very yeah. um, one could be very healthy one could be unhealthy it's all dependent on how they respond to it how yeah. they react I think you're yeah. talking more about circumstance Caleb but I think uh, James is getting at just worldview in general like mm. like this idea that our experience determines what reality actually is but. The, right. the truth is that there is one reality and we but interpret that reality. Yeah, yeah, that that is exactly what I was trying to say. Like, um, because people always talk about worldview like it's a pair of glasses. And mm. uh, I guess the more experience you've had, the more you're able to um, accurately construct your worldview through which you view absolute reality. Yeah, um, and like, like you're saying, a yeah. lot of times, and, and like Caleb's saying as well, a lot of times our personal experiences shape our glasses that we Mm -hmm. see through the world through. Mm -hmm. And so we, we often, um, uh, often what's the word completely throw out a certain worldview ideology completely Mm -hmm. because of how someone treated us in that specific place. Right. Yeah. Or like, uh, or like if we think it's stupid or something like let's talk the atheist and the follower of Jesus. Mm. One of the big things that has happened is, is, is personal hurt mm. in the atheist's life. Personal mm. hurt has mm. caused them to have bitterness yeah. and bitterness. And from a personal place, from a heart perspective has led them to say, well, and, and this is, there's all different types of scenarios, but one that I see common is, Oh, well, how could there be a God if my experience has been this way? Yeah. And that shapes their worldview because now not only do they find, you know, if we like even Christians do this. If you go into the Bible mm-hmm. and you have an idea of what your worldview is already or what is in the scripture that someone's taught you a certain way, mm-hmm. you're going to read things and pick things out that fit that mold instead of going into it fresh and then deriving what the book is actually trying to tell you right and that's when it becomes damaging completely and that's that's the where the terms eisegesis and exegesis come Mm. into play eisegesis being you you read into uh or you you put meaning into what you're reading whereas exegesis means you're pulling meaning out of what was written you know Mm. you're pulling meaning out of what was there and that's kind of you know like i was talking about you know that's that's basically what that worldview is it's like we construct reality or reality changes based on our experience. Whereas our perception of reality changes based on experience. Mm. So, um, like, I guess to kind of go back a little bit uh, sure. earlier when you were talking about, uh, idols a little bit, uh, in our heart and just kind yeah. of getting off, um, you know, getting off our, our main focus, like, you know, and I was talking about gr- having grown up in Aggie and just being tied sure. to the university from a young age, like it became one of my idols mm. and getting here, um, just like talking about my perspective on where I think the university is going, like people were always like, it's, you know, it's basically one big family. Like everybody's all about tradition. You know, it's like, it's almost like a second home. Like it's a really homey type place. And, you know, it still has that to a degree. 
but I got here and it's so different from like even my friends. Uh, I have a friend who got her undergrad in 05 and then got uh, her master's degree in like 2012 or 2013, something like that. Mm. And, or maybe it was 2010, but either way, you know, like even back then, just like how different the university is now from when it was then, like Mm. back then it was still like super homey and, you know, like one big family. And now like, you know, here at Texas A&M, we have the term two percenter and it's Mm. like, it's meant (laughs) to talk about the 2% of the the student body that don't participate or buy into all the traditions. Well, like 50% now. Well, yeah, no, I'm (laughs) thinking like, it's kind of flipped, like 2% are the ones that participate, Mm. you know, and it's not quite that bad, but it's like, for a school that uh, the whole reason why it's got a great name is because the adherence to those uh, traditions kind of uh, fostered yeah. a familial atmosphere as well as an atmosphere an atmosphere of discipline. It's like those that went before me did this, and I'm going to do it as well. And it derived that from the military, uh, you know, the core, right? Um, which the has military its, aspect, which has its gives and its takes. It's good right. for like networking. Because Aggies help Aggies no matter yeah, what. Yeah, you see that Aggie ring and you yes. know, oh, I can trust this person. Which is actually, I think, a huge advantage for the university moving yeah. forward. Because now we have a firm foundation. Yeah. Aggies help Aggies. You go to Aggie, you go to uh, A&M, mm. Texas A&M University, for the network. Yeah. That's what you, that's why yeah. you go. And they have great departments like engineering, the school of ag and, yeah. uh, Mays business know, school, Mays business school yeah. and architecture. Yeah. Um, what, uh, I don't know about Mays too much. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't quote me on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but, I got you. but that's funny about that is I think what you're like saying specifically is, uh, w- w- referring back to the media yeah. is, what happens is you get this military basis. This is the way we do think. We don't have media here. We don't change. We we got our things down that we do. But what's yeah. cool is uh, now we're with the whole COVID and stuff. We're having to we're having to expand. And now people are like, okay, what are we doing? Right. But I have a funny story on that specific topic. I'm good friends with Dr. Rodney Hill. Mm. He's actually the the he, the old man from Up. His character is based off of him. Whoa. He's oh. the longest, one of the longest standing professors at AM. When he first got to College Station, mm. there was only a Whataburger here. Oh. So for the entirety of you living in College Station, yeah. or, there, or there was only a Burger King. Yeah. For the entirety of you living in, a college, in college Station, he's been here yeah. and far longer. He just celebrated his 50th year of professorship last year. Wow. 50th year of professorship wow. in 2019. His 51st is coming up. Wow. And just incredible, man, has had a huge effect on this podcast. So if we're talking about personal mentors, we're talking about people that encourage you to follow your dreams and creativity. Yeah. Rodney Hill basically established it here at A&M. Like he was the foundation of that. He was a actually my uh, advisor for an organization I started that's still going on. I'm not a part of it anymore. But uh, creative, uh, no, creative. <laughs> Uh, collegiate content creators you can tell a lot of alliteration okay okay Uh, but he he was telling me that when they first started the basically visualization department you know viz which is an animation studio basically in this college of architecture that uh they they had to call it visualization Mm -hmm. they couldn't call it animation Right. Because so actually the reason Rodney Hill is the uh, caricature mm-hmm. of um, 
the guy from up mm-hmm. is that his students made up yeah yeah and and like, there's a there lot of stuff many. in pixar like monsters university there's a building yeah, from A&M. like a115 is a classroom here on campus and like the number shows up in yes. so many other movies that's like, because of how powerful our visualization department is yeah and our ties to pixar now what's crazy <laughs> the book that, came back. that dog on the mosquito <laughs> came back uh, oh you got, got it got nice, him nice. all right all right i'm, I'm done getting distracted <laughs> yeah pixar visualization yes. so what's so cool about it is that one of the best animation departments in the whole united states mm. started in a school yeah. where they said no way yeah no way this is not and so they called it visualization and put it in the school of architecture. Yeah. So that they could get past the administration here at A and M. Right. To to get an animation studio. Right. Which is crazy. Yeah. No. Because it's like, oh yeah, three D modeling and architecture. Her her her. It's like we really want to tell stories and communicate with people. That's so great because I grew up loving Pixar. Like mm. I saw Toy Story when it came yes. out. Like still my favorite. And, movie. Uh, that is yeah. No, I, dude, mine too. I think it's Toy Story one and Toy Story two have a. I've got I've got a more tenuous relationship, or I guess that's the word tenuous. Maybe uh, I might be thinking yeah. of a different word. I, I've got a little bit more of an iffy relationship with Toy Story two because, like, mm. at the age that I saw it, it was honestly a little bit traumatizing. Like just Stinky Pete, you know, oh, and Woody wait. getting his shoulder ripped. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but I, I just mean, love the part where yeah. Buzz Lightyear leads the leads the the call because he's a space commander. He mm. leads the call to Dude. to. Al's toy barn yeah. with the chicken guy and yeah. at the beginning they're oh it's funny because at the beginning it's the whole Zerg scenario yeah, where yeah, yeah. Shoots the, yeah, yeah. I don't know I just Dude, I was a huge well, like yeah no to talk about that like from the first Toy Story one of my um, biggest videos on my YouTube channel like I don't have a whole lot of views but there's one yeah. that was a reformed thug life video which is basically like a pastor like smacking down uh, like not necessarily a congregation he was at a uh a youth conference and he was talking about how the church has started emulating the world and we need to not emulate Britney Spears, but Jesus Christ. And like, everybody's mm. clapping. He's like, I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about you, <laughs> you know? And it's just like, you have the hat drop and the shades and everything. <laughs> and like, that's got like 20,000 views. Uh, and then I've got one that has 4,000 and it was a project that I did for Joey's com two thirty class. It was supposed to be like 40 minutes, you know, in class. And I like took it home and worked on it for five hours just because this, I love content creation. I love Toy Story. And it was basically Foley. It was sound design. And so, like, I completely redid all the lines for the scene in Toy Story 1 where uh, they <laughs> fall out of the van, you know, and they're at the Dynaco station. Yeah. Yeah. I completely redid the lines for that. Did like, you like meme it or no? No, I didn't meme it. Like I just reacted it. Like I did. Oh. I did Woody's voice, and then my classmate, who was a partner with me, did Buzz's voice. And like they kind of did it with the wrong cadence, so I had to <laughs> cut it up and like edit it together. And I think I did a pretty good job with that. And then I actually did like the foley, like the sound design, like the, uh, the denim scraping. Music. Yeah, oh. the, like I I just ripped the the soundtrack from Star Wars and put that to it. <laughs> um, but uh, like the denim scraping on the pavement and like boots walking. So I'm guessing and, like, it's demonetized. And uh, <laughs> actually, I don't know if it is or really? not. Yeah, because like I completely used. I mean, I it, I think it probably is because I used the Star Wars uh, yeah. soundtrack. But no, you know, there's like, a ton of Star Wars sounds that like people think are from Star Wars mm-hmm. that aren't actually from Star Wars at all. Really? Like it's ones that you're just like, okay, that was that was in Star Wars. Yeah. But it's not. Dude, no. Uh, like the bum 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 dun dun dun. 
that's not even the actual what the Darth Vader one sounds like. I don't think so. Was it? Na, na, there's a, na, 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 na. Yeah, there's that. Yeah, but there's no, a, that's, that's Darth Vader's there's theme. There's another one yeah. that is in like the the first ever Star Wars. Um, I don't know. Yeah. But I could yeah. be wrong. Yeah, but no, I, that, that I, was I the Imperial is. March, bro. Yeah. Alexa yeah. getting all weird on us, turning <laughs> the lights on. <laughs> wow. I hope that uh, that doesn't wash out the cameras any. Yeah, we'll be all right. all right. All right, cool. You guys are fine. Cool, cool. Yeah. But... Uh, yeah, no, dude, just like the, just talking about the impact that people have and like, you know, again, that's that's why I latched on to Joey and that's why I want to stick on his hip pocket sure. and like anything that I learned from him, I want to put my spin on it and take that to help him do what he's doing because like he's helping so many people like myself just like build skills and be able to go out and create and because like I mentioned earlier, I think before we got started that like my dream job would be to be working for demolition ranch, you know, like Matt Carricker because he's doing so much and he's just like such a creative mind, uh, you know, and like I straight up, I hit him up on Instagram and I, I never got a response, you know, which <laughs> I mean, it's to be expected, but I hit him up on Instagram. I'm like, Hey, I would love to intern for you. You know, mm. like this is what I'm doing right now. Uh, and this is where I'd like to be going. And like, I will work for free, you know? And I talked to Joey about just like crashing on the floor of his, uh, his hi-fi shop in san antonio like you know i'll do like you know i'm I'm ready to hustle like yeah and that has been so not me growing up like mm. i think a large part of why it took me so long to get to where i am because like i just turned 26 right i'm like next semester we'll be going into my sixth year of school and i still don't have my undergrad and it's because like i got so wrapped up in myself and like you know just like not focusing on where i'm going and uh that kind of slowed me down but now that i'm like getting there you know it's like okay i've really got to figure life out you know like i'm i've started to become more motivated i'm just like ready to go and do what i gotta do to get where i need to go which everybody's journey is different like i don't know why we have to like why does everybody when everybody's different Mm -hmm. have to graduate college in four years exactly for it to be okay like that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, yeah, of course people are going to go at different paces. Right. You know? Yeah. No, like everybody's different. And that was one thing, like that's also another great thing about homeschooling is because the parents know their kids the best. And so mm-hmm. they're going to know what learning styles the kid is going to need. And because they've only got a few kids, you know, they're like, like a big family is five kids, you know, like, so at worst, mm-hmm. like a mom or a dad is like trying to teach five kids at once, you know, whereas, you've got like in a school classroom, you've got a teacher trying to teach 30 plus kids at once. And it's just like, they can't focus on those kids that need to learn a little bit differently because that would derail the rest of the class. Well, in and college, so, you have 300. Well, yeah. I mean, like when, like when you lo- get to some the higher classes. level classes, yeah, the lower level classes, like I had... Uh, the lower levels are huge. My accounting class in the spring was like 700 people. Well, that's a great question. Yeah. Why, if you're going into media, do you have to learn chemistry? I don't know, dude. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, would, I would argue that it's because it's a business. It really is. <laughs> like that's that's why books get edited every couple of years right. and it's just like very minimal stuff. it's like yes. oh we put in a couple commas and took out a pound sign and, you and now you have to this buy this three hundred dollar textbook all new again you know you can't find a used Which, one from two years ago and you see i think what happens is even like so the um <clears throat> the institutions don't want to change right because 
they, they've gotten a system down. They can hire people easily based upon these credentials. Mm-hmm. They can give you uh, give. They can hire basically any professor because you can just give them the syllabus and it's like, hey, this is what you have to teach. Uh, it's very regulated. Um, but if you stopped teaching those lower level courses, then people are graduating way faster. You have to hire more professors that are more adapt at these more in depth subjects. So that right. costs you more money. Right. And and frankly, it's I think some most kids would rather just go in and get a check mark then actually learn something yeah. and it works well for just wanting to be complacent and kind of use the university as a four-year vacation well, or something yeah you know? no and that that was something that i talked about like one of those quick shoot videos that i'm doing like I'm, I, i've called the series thinking out loud because it's basically mm. just i sit down and i start talking to the camera about what's on my mind and joey on his podcast helping others like he had one of the other uh, professors that was his student at uiw who is now a lecturer here and he's working on getting on here like full-time uh, I think I was, actually watched that one a yeah, little Jonathan bit. Guardo, yeah, Jonathan Guajardo. Yeah. Dude, I love both of those guys. And they were just talking about how A&M is a machine. Like, you know, the institution is a machine just like any other institution. And, like, as much as we like to think the, the university loves us, it's a machine. And the mm. machine will hug you, but it's a machine. <laughs> and, like, that just kind of hit home because it got me thinking about how, like like I mentioned earlier, I was idolizing the university, and I was letting the, the university use me. It's like I was going... I wasn't learning what I wanted to learn, you know, like I wasn't really networking. Like I, I made one really valuable connection. And so like, if that's all I get out of this, it'll be worth it, you know, but, um, like I wasn't learning what I wanted to learn. And I realized, you know, Mm. I bought into everything that the university, you know, was built on like tradition and family and, you know, things like that. And I'm pouring in tens of thousands of dollars into the university and into my education and I'm not getting out what I want to be getting out. Right. So the machine was using me and just, yeah. so you got to flip that on your head, on its head. You got to remember we as Christians, it's our life goal to share the gospel, sure. you know? And so if I'm not actively like working toward being better able to share the gospel, then why am I here? You know? But like, I think that mm-hmm. we can also see some in the church where it becomes a religion or an institution where the church um, has a, not to say that everything is about us. Yeah. But when it becomes the church is just trying to um, sure. maintain the same thing they've been doing or it's just you have to follow these lists of rules and yeah. because that's how it works. Um, it becomes yeah. dangerous because we lose the the power, we lose yeah. the relationship, we lose everything that that Jesus wanted us to have, yeah. and instead it becomes exactly what Jesus was against. Yeah. Well, that's exactly yeah. right, Caleb. Because when you're thinking about what the Western Church is based off of, it's not first century Jewish perspectives no. and narratives, which is what Jesus Jesus is a Jew. Jesus was a Jew. Yeah. He is a Jew. Yeah. He's returning as a Jew. Yeah. And and we we have taken it and we're like, okay, well, it's an American thing. It's an American yeah, surfer Jesus. Yeah. And now we're going to uh, you know, we're gonna put on these big productions, we're gonna give you an experience. We've entertainment side, uh, you know, right. made it entertainment. We've tickled their ears. Yes. And and uh, all you have to do is show up once a week. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's not what that's not what 
the Bible is telling us. No. It's telling us to like, gather in homes, get to know your neighbor, love right. your neighbor, spend yeah. time with each other, with God, spend time in the Word, spend time in quiet, m- meditating over, uh, you know, a proverb right. of what that means. Like <clears throat> the one, one I've been going over recently is uh, just the, the proverb of, of a, a man whose speech is a man with elegant speech will be a friend of the king. So it's like, if is that we, in the twenties somewhere, I believe so. Okay. If, if we like, and these are, these are just, this is, uh, I'm pretty sure King David wrote this mm-hmm. to, uh, to, to boys mm. and uh, to his son. Yeah. To his sons. Yeah. And, basically just sound wisdom it's not necessarily do this and you'll get this can we think about that in in america we're like oh if i just put in this then i'm definitely going to get this and and they didn't think in those terms back then right it was never in cause and effect it was in well i know this is sound wisdom and this will please our father Right. Wait, yeah. so you're saying that drive-through Christianity isn't biblical? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that but. that's one thing like my favorite pastor is uh pastor/theologian/author is John Piper. And mm. it's because his emphasis isn't on obedience and servitude like just, you know, like out of obligation, like, but his saying and his whole ministry's um, like slogan is God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. Right. So when we truly experience the joy of a relationship with Jesus Christ and God, our father is when God is most glorified. And that's when we are best able to share the gospel yeah. and share his glory with other people. It's when we are satisfied right. by it well, because when you're satisfied, you want to share it with people. It's like, Oh, yes. I love this. I want you to have that love. You know? And I think that sharing portion is essential because the one thing that I have been so passionate about recently is this idea of, um, <clears throat> this idea of understanding what the biblical authors were trying to say. Now, the reason is, is because Paul says, always be able to give an account for why you believe what you believe, for the hope that you have. For the joy that is in you. Yes. Yeah. And, and the, the question is, do most Christians know how to defend their faith? And, and they don't. And, and, and I think that's because it, it's very minimal. And I, I'm not one that's going to sit here and say whether you have salvation or not. That's not what my job is. Right. But what I, what I will do is say, hey. Get to know your father. Get to know the scriptures. Understand truly what this is saying because right. then it makes sense to the atheist. Then right. it makes sense to the chi- the person that was abused as a child. Like right. It makes more sense because you're, you're explaining it in the way God designed it to be in reality. And whenever you speak the truth, which can be translated to reality, it splits bone from marrow, right? Mm-hmm. It splits right through. You know that they're speaking truth. When you hear that, when you hear the spirit of God speaking through someone, the truth of reality, you're like, dang, well, I know that in my heart, in my being, that yeah. that is the truth. And and many times it says we ignore the truth. Yeah, we have a Romans veil one. over our head. Yeah. And so I really think if more Christians, whether you're true Christian or not, decided to really get to know who God is and why he made certain things and what his plan is, then it'd be a lot more exciting because then you'd realize we are living 
in the story of the Bible right now. We are living in this overarching narrative and the greatest story of all time unveiling. If you think yeah. about the, the, the top movies of all time, the matrix is in that top 10 list every time yeah. and you know what that the matrix is it's a rip off of the bible yeah it's a sorry <laughs> rip off of the bible yeah. most <laughs> most good movies are yeah but i think that star wars we it the gets, virgin birth oh, yeah. we can also see like um they it's true what you were saying bailey but it doesn't seem like the church wants to show us that well and in well, a way i think it's well, like seminary things like um teaching people about the bible so that they can be a preacher it is just like yeah. our education here yeah it's a institution that focuses more on like this is when um people got the concept of dispensationalism or this is yeah. what martin luther believed or etc yeah. etc as opposed to what the Bible is actually saying well, or what they believe. And I think it's for the same reason exactly. what we're talking about is the institutions. Mm. It's, yeah. Think about this. If you, and it's, it's nothing against like anyone. Like it's yeah. the machine, right? Mm. When you create a machine, that machine goes. Like that's mm. the problem with AI, right? <laughs> yeah. When you create the machine, it goes. And it's got to have has someone at the helm directing it yes. where to go. Otherwise, it's going to run amok and it's going to yes. do what it's going to do. Yes. Yeah. And, and 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 I don't put it. I don't put pastors down for this because think about it. You're a pastor for a church. Let's say you're a decent sized, medium sized church, and you your family's livelihood is based upon your church salary. Why would you? fundamentally change the principles of this institution that feeds your kids yeah. it's very difficult to, well, to to get away from that because if we look at the first century context meeting in homes a distributed platform just like data analytics is distributed yeah why it's so powerful is because these these uh patterns are god placed all through creation that's why yeah. data analytics and mass communication is so powerful because it's the same concept that they created for discipleship and gathering in people's homes. It says uh, the apo the apostles gathered in homes and shared possessions with one another and sold uh, sold their possessions to whoever had need and uh, ate meals yeah, together. and that doesn't and work on a large scale. Yeah. It only works in the small, you know. Yeah, distributed. It can yeah. work long large scales, but you're just but not yeah. all going to be in the same room. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's spread out. Like because yes. the the moment you start centralizing it, and like we've seen that with America, like we have kind of centralized. Like we've spread out, but we've also like centralized. Yeah. You've got the president who sits over it all, and you well, know this, the saying, "Absolute power corrupts absolutely." Yes, you know? dude. This uh, this completely relates to the Aggie ring. Think about it. You were talking about uh, ring day and how it's yeah. such a spectacle now. So it yeah. takes the intimacy out of it with your best friends and your family. Right. And so the same thing with creating the spectacle out of church. It takes away the intimacy. And w what you're left with is less intimacy. And you're also mm. left with not being able to bring as many people in. Because think, yeah. think about if all the people in those big church buildings all put on their own gatherings but you could sync it up with some way you can use the internet use get innovative about it yeah but we're all on their own gatherings in homes all over yeah imagine how many people are going to hear the gospel the good news yeah. and how many people are going to be brought in yeah you know? and like yeah that's um and that's one thing that i love at, at least the presbyterian churches that i've been involved with i consider myself more baptist but mm. uh 
I, I attend Presbyterian churches because I know that the like certain ones of them are really solid. And uh, both of the ones that I've gone to, and basically a lot of the churches in, in the College Station area anyway, have a focus on small groups and home groups mm, and community groups yes. and things like that. And that's because of what you're talking about. Um, but one thing I wanted to point back to about the church and what we're experiencing right now with people falling away or like the church getting diluted, like I think it has its root in uh, people forgetting about the faith and it becoming more of a, a convenience community thing. Mm. And I think right now we're being sifted. You know, it's mm, like yes. the the hard times are coming and now you're seeing the, the churches that weren't rooted in the Bible like starting to bend to the culture. And it's mm. like, oh yeah, we welcome all this stuff that the Bible calls sin and we ignore <laughs> that part of the Bible because we want to grow and mm. we want to be profitable, you know, in that respect. And we don't want to rebuke people. We don't want to tell right. people this is wrong. Because right, Because exactly. if you tell someone wrong there nowadays, then they try to cancel you yeah you know yeah, exactly exactly <laughs> like people have grown up being told that oh yeah it's okay like everything is okay like don't worry about it you know everybody's a winner and things like that and now they don't know how to be rebuked you know and like that there's so much to that like parents just being so um like divorced from their kids lives like i use that like i guess that language to kind of hit it home like they really are divorced from their kids' lives. Their kids go to school eight hours a day, mm. and you know that their main influences right. are their peers or their teachers. Mm. And then the parents come home and they're with them a couple hours a night, the you know. System. And then on the weekends, <laughs> right? And you know your kids are getting eaten by the machine, you know, which is why, you know, why I'm such a proponent it's using of homeschooling. It as batteries, just like the Matrix. <laughs> I mean, it's funny to think about because, like, it really is like a parallel to yeah. that. Like, it's not quite as extreme, right. you know, or so 1984, if yeah, you will. But, right. but yeah, like, it's it's basically that. And like, you know, when you think about states like Oregon or Wa uh, Washington State using medical waste and burning it in their power facilities, and uh, aborted fetuses are considered medical waste, and they go in with that. Mm. Like, you you think of you know sacrificing kids in the fire to Moloch, you know. And right. like, I mean, no, like they're not actually seriously. sacrificing their kids to Moloch, but they're sacrificing their kids to their like, oh, I don't want to raise a kid. Like, so their selfishness, like they're sacrificing to it prosperity. for their life. Yeah. To prosperity, to their lifestyle, you know, and then Which the United the, States rather than demon, it's the same demon. Yeah. Pride, you know, uh, lust for finances, you know, lust for anything. And like talk, you know, pointing back to idolatry again, anything that you value more than God is an idol, you mm. know, and um, and it not only will, it not only is the wrong thing to do, but it will destroy you from the inside out. And yeah. it always does. It leaves you desolate. It leaves you yeah. lacking. If you, you look at the CEO that, that spends all the time at the office, right? And spends no time with the family. Yeah. They are left lacking in tr what what life is all about and that's relationship yeah like you know? um i'm sure you're familiar with casting crowns um yes. and they've got a song american dream that's mm. exactly about that i was that. just thinking about that song. yeah it's <laughs> so good it is one of my favorites bro and like i don't listen to casting crowns that much but like that is one of my favorite songs of theirs uh just all work and no play makes jack a dull boy mm. you know all work no god left jack with a lost soul you know mm. it's just like it's such a hard-hitting song you gotta listen to it later um but yeah, just talking about that and just like just today, uh, I've I do an accountability group with a buddy of mine um, 
and we were going over Proverbs five and Proverbs seven, you know, the adulteress, like, you know, that's another idol. And it's like her feet go down to death, you know, mm. like, uh, she tastes like honey in the mouth, but in the end she's bitter as wormwood, you mm. know? And it's just like, it destroys you from the inside out. Like, just like you were saying, you know? And so, yeah. Yeah. And that just makes me think of like history. Like I grew up in, in, in public school. Mm-hmm. In great public school, Leander ISD in Cedar Park, Texas. Yeah. Uh, Cedar Park, Austin, and Leander. And uh, <laughs> what's just funny, my parents went to C- uh, Leander High School in the 80s and then also went to the same elementary school I went to, which was Fabian Elementary. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when I was a kid, um, I only went there for two years. But and my granddad was one of the longest standing school board member of 27 years wow. at Leander ISD. Wow. Which was super helpful for me because I'm dyslexic. Yeah. And being in a good school program was amazing. But one thing, and I think this was because of my lack of ability to read, paired with when I was growing up, there wasn't an abundance of media that would basically transcribe what's in the history books over to a video format to where I could learn Dude, better or audio. That, like, I, I got to tell you, like, that's one thing. My mom is a history buff. Mm. And so, like, there's a series that was designed basically for homeschoolers. It was entertainment, but it was kind of also designed with that history uh, course in mind it's called drive through history mm. and then there was the pbs show um uh liberty's kids i uh, used to love that show honestly. yeah dude <laughs> that show was awesome like it was straight fire and then my parents also had us watching military movies like that may not necessarily have been direct historic yeah. events but it's like revolutionary war like the patriot or uh saving private ryan talking about d-day and world war ii sure. or um or even more realistic stuff like documentary series, um, like uh, Band of Brothers. Uh, it was, uh, I think it was History Channel, like a ten-part miniseries, something like sure. that, about like uh, Easy Company, uh, the Airborne Unit. Mm. And uh, they, like my mom and my dad, they were really hard on us learning history because those who fail history are doomed to repeat it. You know, and I think <laughs> that's kind of what we're doing right now. Yes. Like, well, that's um, what I was gonna say. Is yeah. that. I feel like if we understood history better, you can look at the the two main models in my life, which is I'm an American and I am a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus. Yeah. If we in, in the Christianity, the church, you know, if we understood history better, we'd be able to do that right. Right. And if we uh, understood the history of America better, we'd be able to understand why we, what we have come from truly. Yeah. And the history in the world in general. But if we look at, and I never, when I was growing up, I never really thought that was important. But now I see history as one of the most important fundamental factors for us to understand, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And like just, the ability to be teachable and learn mm. from those that have gone before you. And like we were talking about again earlier, like I, I love, you know, just spending time around older men because they've got so much wisdom and they've experienced so much more than I have. And so like just being around them, I will, you know, absorb mm. that knowledge just from observing them and hearing them talk and just listening and being willing to shut up <laughs> yes. and be like, I don't know everything, you know, this guy knows way more than me, you know, sit and listen. And even if he's talking about something boring and unimportant, you know, there's probably going to be some nuggets of gold in there somewhere. And I think it goes back to where we flip, right? It's we're either listening fully and we take everything like from, from a large perspective, like a lot of people, right? We either take everything our dad said, or we take none of it. 
and like older yeah. people say we either listen to older people or we don't and it's like no listen to the people that went before you that have life experience but sift out the true nuggets because everybody again is broken everybody yeah. hasn't done everything right and if, right. You, if you can look at someone and you say well i i feel that i take that wisdom that you're saying but i really don't want to end up in life where you are exactly right or maybe yeah. you do maybe you absolutely want to end up in life and listen yeah. to that person fully but learn how to sift and discern yeah. what is true and what is not yeah absolutely and i've i've seen that a lot in john mark's family's life like his dad is just a constant worker and he mm. busts his butt constantly to help improve things for the family and he puts so much time and effort and finances into improving the family and their life, you know, mm. and like, like, and he knows how to balance that with rest. But I will say he often errs on the side of working too hard and not mm. resting enough, but like he's found a way to balance that rest and John Mark emulates that. Now, John Mark has found a better balance. I think he rests, you know, more, uh, on a more reasonable level than his dad does. Yeah. I actually have met um, John Mark before. Are you sure? Is he friends with Ryan too? Uh, he is, but no, no, no you're okay, thinking no. of a different John Mark. You're thinking of, uh, so there's Joseph's, two of them. You, I think you're thinking of Joseph, the drummer's older brother. He has brown hair. Yeah, no, know. um, the John Mark, <laughs> the John Mark, my friend, uh, he, he lives in Houston and he's like five, eight. So like, he's not short, but he's not gotcha. like super tall. So there's um, one other guy that y'all hang out with that I said, thanks a J name. Maybe it's not Jeff. There's too many John Marks apparently. There's, oh yeah. There's so many John Marks. I know Jonathan, a really cool John Jonathan. Mark. Yeah. Back home. I, you know, a funny story. It's like you're talking about like learning from older people. Well, I grew up, my dad, he always took me to hang out with his friends with him. Yeah. Because I was, I was going to his house on the weekends because my parents are divorced. Yeah. I go to his house on the weekend every weekend and he'd have things with his friends. And I'd be like, hey, I'll, I want to go with you. Yeah. And he would take me. Yeah. And I'd get to talk to these other older guys. Now, uh, he has a friend named John Mark, and he, to me, John Mark was always one of the coolest of his friends, the most straightforward, I think, because I, I saw the Holy Spirit in him. Yeah, yeah. But he is, he pulls off the bald look better than anybody I've ever met in my life. Yeah. And he, he's, he's a fit, like, older guy, he has two daughters, um, but I just remember, like, just learning a ton from him when I was, when I was young, and yeah. And I don't know, it's just so cool. It's like allowed me, you know, I, I count a lot of, you know, and, and God definitely put me there, but I count a lot of my ability to communicate and, and doing podcasts and stuff like that to those fun, those developmental years yeah. of hanging out with my dad's friends. Yeah, you know? no. And like, that's one thing that I love that homeschooling afforded me that opportunity rather than being stuck eight hours a day surrounded mm. by my peers. Like it gave me opportunities. Like we had this one thing called capital day and every, uh, uh, senatorial session every legislative session like which I think was once every two years or something like that um, we would go up to Austin we'd go over a bill that was beneficial to the homeschool community we'd learn about mm -hmm. it and then we would go lobby it to all our representatives and senators um, mm -hmm. so that they would be informed about the bill and be able to vote on what their constituents wanted wow. yeah and like that really helped me like I think more than any speech class I've ever been in like to learn how to talk to people on an adult level with confidence you know, and even then, like, I still have struggled with, like, not necessarily anxiety, but just, like, a lack of desire to talk in front of people if I don't have something valuable yeah. to say. Like, I always right. get in my own head. It's like, why would they want to sit and listen to me? And so if I'm not confident in what I have to say, then I'm just not going to waste their time or mine. So, like, in a, a social situation, like, you, you realize the 
the content of the conversation is not something you're necessarily interested in. Well, no, like I'm just thinking like the content of the conversation is not something that I have valuable information Mm. to add to. And Mm. so I just shut up or like in so far as like recording a video, like my, my series that I'm talking about thinking out loud that I've recently started doing Joey's like, you know, you just got to get iterating. Don't get in your own head. Don't like, you know, don't not do something because it's not perfect. You know, just do it and you got to try the practice. Yeah. The practice aspect so you can learn the skills. And so like in doing that, I've gotten more confident talking to the camera as well. Um, Just like, it doesn't matter if what I have to say, I think has value. Somebody else might think it has value, Mm. you know? And he also said something that really stuck out to me because when it comes to things that are important to me, I'm a little bit of a perfectionist. Mm. Like, um, you know, if it's not up to snuff or like- You're three. Do what? (laughs) You're three. Three. What about it? Enneagram three. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm the same way. I, if I yeah. do something, I want to be yeah. the best at it. Right, but Joey was like, "Your content that you're putting out does not have to always exemplify exactly what you're capable of." Mm. And like, because you know, you like basically what he's saying is, putting out something that's not perfect is better than not putting out anything at all. Right. And like, you know, I had heard those words before, but hearing it the way that he put it, it really stuck out to me. And it's just like, yeah. just go do, don't get in your own yeah. head. And as you get more comfortable in the creative space, you will start to put out your art, you know? And that's why he's so concentrated on getting people to find things that they're passionate about because that will drive them to create that art and that will drive them to learn rather than forcing them. It's like, all right, you have to learn this because it'll give you that piece of paper that like isn't even really that valuable anymore. Yeah. You know, that's costing you a lot of money. You know, as far as the legislation thing that you're talking about from yeah. homeschooling, for yeah. one, homeschooling sounds really nice right now. Yeah. But for two, I feel like every college class should be paired up with some real world business that's associated with it. And yeah. The 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 business gets some type of tax write off for doing it, and then they have kids come through and learn from from with the professor there learn from their real world experience and they get internships and yeah and all that stuff and yeah that's something that texas a&m is kind of trying to do like i'm currently a journalism minor but i'm going to change because journalism is really not up my alley like i'm not great with writing under pressure on a deadline Mm. and like constantly like i've got three writing intensive courses this semester and i'm not hacking it very well (laughs) so i'm looking to change that but even with the journalism minor program you have to get a journalism mm. internship for course credit to complete the minor coursework. Mm. Dude, you're in the exact same major and minor as my girlfriend. The really? exact same. Yeah, she's a comm major with the journalism minor. What class is she taking this semester? Uh, I'll have to find out. We can, okay. we can find out. But Dude, yeah. She was actually asking, because I read some of your DMs about like, yeah. what we were talking about, because we yeah. were at the cop shop today, and she's like, I want to meet this guy. I want to see what, he, so what he's like. Yeah. So she, she's probably watching this. But uh, Okay. Uh, what I actually found out was because I grew up dyslexic, so I yeah. couldn't read till I was the age of ten. Yeah, like couldn't fully read till age of ten. That's 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 hard. It's yeah. hard. Yeah, and so like my brain is kind of or was always this way of thinking from my own experience. If we're talking mm-hmm. about worldview, yeah. is I can never do journalism. I can never, you know, be a writer. Yeah. Like, that's not what I'm going to do. I'm not going to be a historian because I can't read. Right. Like, all this, these things. But I got into my major, which is agricultural communications and journalism. If you're yeah. creative, it's one of the best majors at A&M. Yeah. By far. But 
I was really afraid of these these media writing courses, this yes. journalism course. Yeah. And I was like, dang, this is coming up. And I had a really tough professor for it too. But what I found out was I really like writing. I like expressing myself through the written form. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. I can do it well. But the thing is I was lacking the tools, the the skill yeah. sets yeah. to be able to do it. So I, you know, I always encourage people to learn tools. You know, if we're talking about future media and stuff, yeah. like if you can get really good at Photoshop or really good at video editing, whatever it is, if you learn a tool so good that it becomes like an appendage of, of your body, yeah. it becomes an extension of your body, then your creativity will seamlessly flow into yeah. that. And yeah. so as I got better at writing, I actually realized it's not that I didn't like writing. I just couldn't spell. Yeah, And so it was very difficult to put, it hurt my brain. And as yeah. I got healthier and started using different pharmaceutical grade supplementation and started learning better, and honestly through the grace of God, because I, I remember one night I was just reading the Bible at West Campus Library, actually. I don't think yeah. it's even called that anymore, Business Library or something. Yeah, yeah. Why did I changed the name? Anyway, that's the old agony. Why yeah, did yeah. change the name? Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and my eyes were just kind of opened. Like, like I went from, and I was taking this supplementation, so I was getting better, like eye tracking physically and stuff like that. You know, giving myself the right neurotransmitters, yeah, yeah, the yeah, dopamine yeah. to be yeah, able yeah, to yeah. do it. But I just remember there was this divine encounter. I was on the phone with my grandma. I, or I actually called my grandma after it because I was re I read through the whole book of Matthew, and I was like just blown away because I had never fully read read through the whole book of Matthew on my own because of my dyslexia. Yeah. And when I did, I felt so much closer to Jesus because I walked through him, imagined what he went through yeah. during that time. And by the end of that, I was like reading so clearly. I called my grandma, I'm like, grandma. And this, like, it sounds so funny as a college student, but I was yeah. like, grandma, listen to me, read this. And I read her scripture. She's like, I've never heard you read like that ever. Yeah. And so it was just like this crazy thing that happened. But after that, I realized man it's it's not what everybody tells you they look at the surface and they're like oh you're not going to be this you're not going to be this you're not going to be that because you don't possess the skill sets but once you learn the skill sets yeah your ability to take what you've been gifted with and put it out onto like a forum a medium you can do it no i don't i don't think anybody's actually bad at well maybe so mm. i think if you're a good storyteller yeah. then you're inherently a good writer you just have to get past the difficulty of putting it into that medium. Right. And maybe you, you shouldn't focus any time on writing, right? Maybe your medium is podcasting like this. Right. I don't spend a lot of time writing. I spend more time doing this. Yeah. But I hope to write a book. And I'm, I'm focusing on that because I think a book's a great medium. It's a great stagnant piece of literature that can, you know, move you towards um, – like that, that, that is solid, right? People buy a book because it's filled with a collective piece of knowledge that has been taken a time and, and like, it's different than a podcast, right? People right, go yeah. on podcasts to sell their books, right? Not to make their books. Yeah. Now I did think about this. If I could go and interview people about a certain topic, of my book, then transcribe the audio from the interviews and then apply that to the knowledge in the book through the you know the current technology that we have with the transcription software that's super accurate and the yeah. high quality microphones yeah then i would be able to create a book but not only that once i release the book then i create an audio series with that audio that Dude. i already have mix it with the audiobook 
and have that like the, the audiobook being an extra thing. So if you buy the audiobook, yeah. you're getting more commentary yeah. on those topics. And, so uh, you being a podcaster, I'm sure you're familiar with Joe Rogan, of course. Yes. Uh, uh, are you familiar with his friend Duncan Trussell? Yes. Have you heard of his show on Netflix <clears throat> called The Midnight Gospel? No. Okay. Basically, it's an animated podcast. So really? it's basically exactly what you're talking about, except rather it's on than tricks. Yeah. Except rather than transcribing it into a written medium, he's changing it into a visual medium, mm. but in a different way than say like somebody like Joe Rogan who also videos his podcast, you know, because like you're sitting there watching two people having a conversation, but then Duncan Trussell took it to the next level and animated it and then, animated the stories they're telling. Right. Except ah. he didn't even. That's not exactly what he did. He yeah. animated them having the conversation, but he did it into these crazy, like psychedelic, like uh, <laughs> like on the moon. Oh well, <laughs> on the moon in a different reality in a different universe, like you know, but is a, there in like, a world with it, talking animals? Is there thought bubbles that pop up of them? Like if if they're telling, like if we're talking about our childhood story, does it show us like a little animated version of them? Kind, them yeah, small, like he he did know? stuff like that. Okay. Um, like he did all kinds of stuff. Like think Adventure Time, but mm. instead of telling a story, they're having a podcast talking sure. about a given topic, and like he talked a lot about spirituality. And things like that and like it's neat to listen to and hear um you know hear about christianity from the world's perspective but it's also sad because they get so much wrong yeah. it's like they're so close and yet so far away and so um i guess like we were talking about romans one earlier their foolish eyes were darkened you know like well that brings up the topic of oh well jesus i just take him as a good moral teacher and it c.s lewis says this yeah. best is either lunatic liar or lord yeah yes <laughs> yeah he's either a lunatic he's a liar or he really is who he says he there's is. no great moral teacher in there like yeah <laughs> yeah and like i think it's besides the fact that he is god islam takes him as a great prophet hinduism or buddhism whichever one takes him as a great like teacher but you know christian like even judaism takes him mm -hmm. as a great teacher which like judaism is like neck and neck with christianity like so so intertwined but they still don't believe he's God. And it's just so, it's so sad that they're so close yet so far away because he is like, you know, everything was created for him, through him, you know, and like by him, you know, mm. is like we were all created for God's glory and Jesus is the culmination of reality. And so many people are walking around without purpose and depressed that they don't yes. have purpose. And yet they're, they're rejecting the church. And like, that is the very, like, the very source of their struggle and their pain and their yeah. loss, you know, they're feeling lost in life. And I mean, people can find those, those purposes that help them get through life, you know, and feel good about themselves. But as Christians, you know, we believe that Jesus really is the ultimate culmination of all that. And if none, if it's not serving to glorify him, then it's worthless, you know, like apart from faith, it's impossible to please God, you know, and then like to go further, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. And mm -hmm. how will, how will they hear if, uh, if no one goes to preach the word, you know, how beautiful are the feet of mm -hmm. those that go and tell the good news, you know? And so like, that's, that's something that I've begun to grasp more and more, uh, as of late and why I was so glad to come talk about you know stuff just talk with you on the podcast in Damn. general because like that's your focus and so like you're in media production and creation and talking about your ultimate purpose and you know in your christian worldview 
And that's what I want to do. Like maybe not necessarily focus as much on the Christian worldview, but I also yeah. want to use it as a vehicle or a vessel to be able to reach more people to do that. You know, I don't want sure. to be forcing it down their throat because it's not me that changes their heart, but I still want to be able to share that with them openly and honestly and let that affect my life and how I live and hopefully shine that light for them and, you know, make them want to change also. And you've been called to a different audience. You know, you've been given different attributes and, you know, that's what's so great about learning and growing is we figure out more and more where we kind of fit in yeah. and God guides us there. And, you know, I think many times we're looking at the world, right? The, you know, if you think of those, like those, uh, those block things that kids Legos? play with, no, there's like, Duplos? no, there's just a block and then oh, a, yeah. like a circle and then a triangle one. Oh and yeah. It's yeah, to yeah, teach yeah. kids like shapes and they're yeah. like, oh, they put the, you know, the cylinder in the circle, you put the you know, triangular prism in the triangle and you put the the uh, cube, cube in, in the, the square. square. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I feel like we all kind of have shapes and we all fit somewhere, but we're misguided because we're following the wrong guidance. We're following the world's guidance. We're not following the uh, guidance of the scripture. So we're off the wrong path and so we're in a different place. Well, if I'm in this place when someone else is supposed to be there, then you're going to knock that person out. And so you got a lot of people in the wrong places and they feel it and they know it. So they're getting angry and they're like, what the heck? Like, I don't fit in here. It's because you really don't. You're trying to make, yeah. you're trying to fit into square the square peg hole. In a round, yeah, yeah, square peg in a round hole. Yeah. Yeah. And to go beyond that, I think we see that in uh, Christianity where we see people thinking that they have to have a specific kind of relationship with God mm. or they have to be this perfect Christian. They have to be this certain type of Christian in order to be a good Christian in order to have a relationship with God. Yeah. And yet each and every one of us are called to have a unique perspective, have a unique voice, have a unique shape, if you will, mm. and uh, use that to glorify God. And as long as we're standing on that foundation that is Christ, that is the Bible, that is the truth, we can build up from that and have a unique perspective, have a unique voice, have a unique thing that God has called us to and wants to use us for. Yeah. 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 And I think going back to what you were saying earlier about uh about just um uh i don't even know what you're saying but i it made me think of the fact that if we're, we're going back to history and you want you want to know that jesus is king that he actually is god yeah then you have to know history because history like we don't go back and use the scientific method to try to determine if George Washington was real. Right. But we go back and we use the scientific method to try to determine Jesus wasn't real. But there's overwhelming <laughs> evidence that says he yes. was. But right. but not yeah. only that, there's there's overwhelming evidence of that he is God because of biblical prophecy and how it unveils. You can right. track it right from the proto evangelium, which is the first gospel in, in Genesis chapter two. Um mm. it, it, it all the way they're trying to find this seed so they track the lineages people always wonder it's like okay why is there lineages in the bible because they're trying to track so they know right who the messiah right. is exactly who the seed is who yeah. the savior is and 
like it's really interesting because it's 12 generations from uh abraham to adam i think it was Mm -hmm. and then 12 generations from adam to like i don't know or from uh, abraham to like moses and then like 12 generations from moses to jesus or something like that it's um yeah it's so like not only is it comprehend that though (laughs) not only is it like trinity but it's also the number 12 like he's talking about the 12 tribes of israel the 12 disciples you know like that in the number 40 we see like 40 days in the wilderness the number of completion yeah Yeah. like 40 lashes yeah Yeah, but even to like move away from like numerology because a lot of people get weirded out by that yeah yeah the patterns in which god uses throughout the bible you know this this pattern of like right now prime there's not a ton of messianic jews right i want to talk to one so bad i try to find one on facebook well, I mean, just, yeah. uh, get in touch with Jews for Jesus. Like, okay. that's all Messianic Jews. Oh. Like, that is their ministry. Is like, it's a bunch of Messianic Jews going out talking to Jews mm. about Jesus. Well, we ought to make that happen then, because I think right now, if you look at what what Paul said, is is the Jewish pe- people have hardened their heart or have strengthened their their way. God has hardened their heart, which means to strengthen what they are, where the direction they already want to yeah, go, yeah, yeah. away from believing that Jesus is Messiah, even though. God is the God of Israel, so that the fullness of faith in the Gentiles, which is us, may come to, or maybe, <laughs> may yeah. come to for fruition. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And you look at the prodigal son. Yeah. The prodigal son story is the same thing, the parable, which is the son walks away, he comes back, and now the son that stayed, the second born, is yeah. jealous. Yeah, yeah. No. Same with us. We, we we're with, like, oh, but we're yeah. the chosen son now because you left. And you're it's f- the our- same with Isaac and Jacob. <laughs> you know, Isaac was the firstborn. He got the blessing, but Jacob tricked him, you know, mm-hmm. and got the blessing. And um, it like, I think it's Paul that talks about, you know, uh, you know, it like it was nothing that they had done. It was that God's plan might be fulfilled, you know, mm. uh, yes. like he chose them before beforehand. So it wasn't anything that Isaac had done. It was or not not yes. Isaac, uh, Esau, 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 Jacob and Esau, not Isaac and Jacob, Jacob and Esau. It wasn't anything that Esau had done. It was God. Yes. Like showing that he will work through the weaker vessel and the lesser vessel and the one that should not receive the inheritance. And that's us as the Gentiles right now. Right. You know, like the Jews who are gods are rejecting him. And we're, we're, and he talks about like, you know, like new believers being grafted into the faith, you know, and he talks about the Jews being the olive branch that was broken yes. off so that the new, the new right. branches could be grafted but in. But he will never forget. Cooper's barking. Stop barking, oh. Cooper. <laughs> Little, yeah. he always cries when my young, when my younger sister's gone. Yeah, he just he cries. What kind of dog he's is he? He's a little he? Chihuahua. He's just oh. like he, he's so dumb too. Which is uh, oh, dude, yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, like, but he, God will never forget the people. He, he right. He, he the pattern is that people, he's not yeah. forgotten, and because. He's done this because he's playing like five dimensional chess. We don't understand yeah, it because yeah, yeah. we're, we're futile. Well, but like, he's using us to provoke his people to right, jealousy to bring right, them back. Right. Yeah. yeah. No. And like, but also but salvation. <laughs> so salvation is to the Jew first and also the Greek. So it's mm. to them first and then us second yeah. for sure. Which doesn't make us any less in God. Right. Eyes. Right. It just, it just changes our role. 
we are not the firstborn, but the secondborn. Right. Which right. isn't bad. The secondborn is and, not worse. It just has different, yeah, distinct roles. Like uh, Hebrews talking about us being brothers with Christ, and uh, I think it's uh, Hebrews that talks about him being the firstborn among mm. many among many brothers. And it's like we are brothers with Christ, but Christ was a Jew, you know. Mm. Like, but he was the first fruits, and we are the second, you know. Uh, but it still talks about the Jews like being in heaven, you know, being saved like Abraham, you know, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Jesus hadn't come yet, but Abraham believed God, what God told him, you know, and that God would redeem his people. And, uh, and it was counted to him as righteousness. And like, that's, that's what you've got with the Jewish, Jewish people and people who were sojourners, but then were kind of, uh, grafted into, uh, Israel. Well, and if um, you look at what's culminating in the Middle East right now, yeah, it's probably the most exciting time in history because we're seeing things shift into what's happening in biblical prophecy. We see it moving; it's not there, yeah, but but we see it shifting towards oh, what, what it's looking like these prophecies could be fulfilled, you know, ten plus years from now, and it's like, oh, what the what's going on here? This is crazy, and and that's why Christians. And, and, and Jewish people also should be so excited. Yeah. Is because not all, because let's, let's break down this. Yeah. <clears throat> the word faith, right? People yeah. get confused. It thinks, it, you think you're believing in ghosts or something. Yeah. Faith is is to count as trustworthy. That's what, what yeah, the word faith yeah, means. Yeah. It's that you believe someone's trustworthy. Now, if, if I didn't know you at all, yeah. I had no reason to uh, trust you like you you right. gave me actually you gave me opposite reasons you you did things that like uh, that you're like oh you're talking behind someone's back you're lying to your mom whatever yeah, it is yeah. then I'm not going to trust you because right. of my past experience the past historical relevance of knowing who you are right now we look at the past historical relevance of the God of Israel right, right? which has a hundred percent done everything he said he was going to do. Right. And so that's why we put faith because he's a trustworthy God. That's why we trust him because he is worthy of that trust. Right. Now what's cool about what's happening right now in history is the fact that we're seeing the final promises kind of shifting, shifting towards there, which is kind of scary to a lot of people. But if we have fullness of trust, we know in the end, we are victorious. Yeah, it's that, that Romans eight twenty eight. You know, yes. like God works all things together for good to those that love Him and are called according to His purpose. You know, and he like will have nothing, the last laugh. Nothing can separate us. Yes. You know, like nothing could separate us from His love. Well, well the, the God will have the last say. Now, now, it's, mm-hmm. people think they think weird things about that, but but the 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 truth of it is, if the final biblical biblical prophecies come to pass Hmm. then we have full confirmation that god is who he says he is right jesus is who he says he is right and so and so we should be excited about that we're getting final confirmation yeah you know it's crazy (laughs) yeah dude yeah no that's that's just so much to chew on like it's it's weird because like you think about through life you know and you don't want to put too much on on something that you know might not be like lest you be blaspheming God, but right. at the same time, like you also don't want to be blind and in denial of what's actually happening. Sure. And so like, you definitely have to await eagerly, you know, cause he's behold, he's like a thief who comes in the night and nobody knows the day or the hour, mm. you know? So like, even 
with the the birth pangs, you know, and like sure. as things get worse and they get closer together, you know, you know, he's getting closer and closer to coming, but you still don't know the day or the hour. So always be ready. Like, like Paul talks about, you know, always be ready to give a defense mm-hmm. for your faith. You know, like part of that being ready to give a defense for your faith, like knowing and just being like fully in awareness of that yeah. and just like, you know, fully like seeking out God every day and, you know, like <laughs> yeah. Romans 12, one yeah. and two, you know, be transformed by the renewal of your mind, like renewal yeah. in God's word every day. Well, I was just know? thinking too, like so many Christians are afraid of that day. They're afraid of it. We should be excited. True. We should be excited. And this is why, yeah. because we have an opportunity, like God chose for us to be born in this, this century or whatever. He thinks we're capable enough because he says he won't put us in situations that we're not able to get First past. Corinthians right. ten thirteen, right. bro. Yes, right. and and so if that's the case, then we should feel very, very uh, honored by where God has placed us in life because yeah. we could potentially be living in the climax of the best action movie. To ever exist, Dude, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. No, yeah, and it's great. It's just like, you know, people talk about, you know, they talk about the disciples that Jesus ascended and they just stood there watching, you know, and somebody's like, bro, what are you doing? Nobody knows when he's coming back. Get to work, you know, go yeah. go share the gospel, you know, and just like getting to live that, you know, now and just be like, Oh, it's 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 getting close. Like nobody knows yeah. the day or the hour, but we know it's close. Well, you I know? think the problem is in, in Western cultures, we've doled down what Christianity is. It's yeah. a super exciting thing to be a part of. Oh yeah. Well, and part of the reason why it's been dulled down is because like I was saying, like it was it became more of a convenience thing. It was like part of the culture. It's like, yeah, you go to work nine to five, five, five days a week, you have Saturday off, you go to church on Sunday, and then Monday you start it all over. Mm. And then like now as it's become less convenient, like you know, and the church is starting to bend to the culture rather than the culture bending to the church, you know, like people have started to see more and more, oh, church isn't all that great if, if it's not rooted in God's word. Like right. if it's rooted in God's word and you really come to terms with that and you really grasp that, you will eventually become radicalized. And like, you know, it's <laughs> weird to talk about, you know, yeah. people don't like words like radicalized, but you really... Uh, like I Radicalized mean, listen, for the truth. The well, exactly. Truth. Like listening to Joe Rogan. Like right. I, you'll you'll be familiar. Like he talks about Joe Rogan you know, inspired me to start this podcast. Yeah, but I mean, like just talking about like psychedelics and like the the uh, spiritual experience that you would have with those. Like, and he talks about you get mm. radical like that. And it's like you get that with the church if you truly experience it. It's not like a psychedelic experience, yeah. but you really feel that oneness with Christ, you know, you feel like, you I don't know, know have you ever sin. experienced something in worship that's just like unlike any drug ever? Yeah, like it's no, just like, like just you cannot like, recreate powerful. it, yeah. Yeah, no, like I, you know, granted I was, you know, running on lack of sleep and I was a little <laughs> bit tired this Sunday and I was a little bit emotional, but just like I, I couldn't sing because if I was going to sing, I was going to break down in tears Cry, because yeah. like, because it was that powerful, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like, you know, as much as I screw up, as much as I fail, you know, God still loves me. He's still there. He still wants me to grow closer to him. And as I grow closer to him, I'll fail and I'll mess up less, you know, and that's that sanctification and justification. Like we are justified when we become Christians. And so now like we're counted as clean, we're counted as holy because of what Jesus did. Mm. But then 
as we uh, grow in our faith, we become more sanctified and we actually begin to live out and live more like Jesus. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, from, from that point of faith, like we are accepted by him and we are justified. And then we get more and more sanctified throughout our life until, you know, as we, you know, we learn and grow and share the gospel. And then we pass away and like, like Paul says to live is Christ, you know, share the gospel, but to die is gain. And that's why the church should be excited about, you know, these birth pangs that we're talking about and like the world getting close to his return. (laughs) No, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no, uh, it, I hate when you lose your train of thought. Yeah. But uh, no, like uh, that's crazy. You're explaining all this because like not to like put pressure on anybody or anything, but Mm. I've wanted to write this book for a while called The Divine Choice, describing how our life itself is a choice. Like our entire life is the ability to choose. Because if you think about, you know, the the like free will versus like Adam and Eve had free will. Mm-hmm. which caused us to go to because God wants true love. And so free will is required for right. love to be a thing. Right, right. And so if we just woke up and we were in paradise in the age to come, mm-hmm. then we wouldn't really have choice in the matter. Right. God is giving us the choice to choose him and choose everlasting life right. or choose ourselves. Well, but it's it's an interesting, it's a little bit of a both and. Like mm-hmm. we we do have that choice, but we also don't. Like, um, you know, we're born into sin and like, you mm-hmm. know, apart from faith, it's impossible to please God, but trusting in God is pleasing to him. So if without that faith, we can't please God, then we can't create that faith. Right. God has to act first and create that faith in us. But... And that because, happens often through someone speaking with the Holy right, Spirit. Right, yeah, no, like faith comes by hearing and hearing yes. by the word of God. But like he does that first initial work, but because what he offers us is so beautiful, he opens our eyes to it. And so we are truly given that free will to choose between God and sin because he's opened our eyes to it. Mm-hmm. But we can only choose him because he is so much better. You know, once we have that full understanding and that grasp. Like, cause right. it talks about, you know, before faith, we're dead in our trespasses and sins. You know, we are enslaved to sin, but then after he opens our eyes, we become, we become slaves to righteousness. Like that's what we have to do as Christians because it's so much better. And like, you know, having that knowledge, we can't choose. I mean, mm. like being in this physical body, in this physical world, you know, like, like Paul says, I'm pretty sure, you know, if we say we have not, you know, we don't have sin, we make him a liar and the truth is not in us. So like, Sin still exists, and that's like that goes back to justification and sanctification. From that moment of faith, we are justified. So, like, you know, we no longer are counted as being sinful, but then as we get more and more sanctified, because now we choose to do those things that God prepared beforehand for us to do, like James talks about faith without works being dead. It's like if you truly have been changed, like your heart has been changed, you that will inform how you act and how you behave in life. And so like those works are an outpouring of that faith and of recognizing what absolute reality is. So God draws us to himself and then we continue to choose him because he's so much better Mm -hmm. and he's opened our eyes to that. Um, now we still fail. Like Paul says, you know, why do I do the things that I hate? You know? Um, well, with that being said, I I would love to hear a little bit more about your story yeah, and like where you're at currently, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm, as I've already mentioned, I, I grew up in a Christian conservative household, you know, homeschooled, like my parents were solid Christians, um, still are to this day. And, you know, I grew up going to Awana, going to church, going to church every Sunday, you know, things like that. I accepted Christ when I was seven. 
uh, but I didn't have like a full understanding or a full grasp of what it was to serve God. I just kind of knew that's that's where I needed to be headed. And then as I got older, uh, you know, I started to struggle with sin and vice and things like that. And, uh, you know, that continued to kind of cripple my faith. Like I still, I didn't outright reject it or anything like that, but that made it harder to grow. And then 17, I hit some massive depression related to that. Like, you know, like you think about people being depressed and like not having the energy to get out of bed. Like, you know, like I was... I was there, you know, mm-hmm. like I didn't have the energy or the motivation to get out of bed or do anything for like three months. Mm-hmm. And then after that, like for a couple of years, I just kind of had this overhanging cloud, like not like it was severe or anything like that, but it was just like life wasn't happy anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, like I mentioned, uh, John Mark moved back from South Carolina, invited me to go to church. And that's really when I started to get back into faith. And then uh, when I was 20, God really, uh, you know, kind of shook me a little bit. I had a bit of a come to Jesus moment. And that's when I really started getting serious about my faith again. And, you know, like I continued to, to grow in that for, you know, for a few years and I had my ups and downs and then I moved up here and I've had my ups and downs here too. Like, um, and that's what I was talking about, uh, earlier, I think before we got the podcast started, how, one of the best means of grace is uh, fellowship and accountability with mm-hmm. other believers because that's like those are people created in, in the image of God reflecting God's glory to you. You know, like you can go to the word and you can read the word and see, you know, see instruction and like basically theory and whatnot on. Uh, on what God wants you to do. But then when you see the Holy Spirit at work in believers around you, that's when it really takes root, you know, Mm -hmm. like that's, that's when you really are reflected, you know, the glory of God in his image, you know? And so like, that's why people, you know, inherently have value. Like even the sinful ones that reject God, they inherently have value because they were created in the image of God and they reflect that back to us, like, even if they don't try to, or they don't think so, you know, or even if it's a very dirty mirror like way because they reject God. Um, but that's why it's so important to spend time around other believers, uh, as much as you can. Like, even if you're an introvert, you know, when you spend time around people, spend time around believers because Mm -hmm. they reflect back God's glory to you and help you grow personally. Bro. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah drop the mic oh wait it's on a, it's on a <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude so uh you know how how what what was the you know like as far as leading into right now what yeah. has been that you, you said you've kind of just been working on yourself a lot and you, you had a hard time focusing on you know a, a passion or what is that that's just because you're trying to find you know truth in your own life um well, insofar as discovering like what I'm going to do, uh, it was kind of pointing back to what Joey's trying to help me do and iterate. Like I was such a perfectionist with my own personal mm. projects. So I like, it would be a lot harder than I realized to take a lot more time and then I'd get discouraged and I'd give up or like I would make something and I wasn't satisfied with how it came out. And so I wouldn't like post it. Uh, or if I had something that was an assignment it was like, well, you know, this isn't what I want to be doing, you know? And so I wouldn't really put time and effort into that. I just turned it in for the grade. And so like, I never really iterated and like started to develop those skills, uh, in multimedia production. Um, and so like, 
it was kind of hard to figure out what I wanted to do because it's like, I don't really have any skills and I'm here at school, like mainly to network, but also to help build those skills and get that information for where I need to go with my, um, you know, with my career and like the path I want to go, it isn't a set like, Oh yeah, I go apply for a job. I get a job. I work in this company, you know, like, you know, the internet and internet media production is such a fluid field, you know, like it's in such flux all the time because like you're not tied to a big, you know, like a big machine that's just chugging forward and you're not being a cog in that machine. You are the machine. Like Mm. you are the catalyst. You are that agent for change. Like, and everything that comes out of that is directly tied to what you do. And so like it, it's so much harder to figure out a direction for where you want to go. And me personally, like I can see like big picture end goals, but I struggle to break it down into manageable chunks so that I can work forward. And so like, that's also been a big roadblock to me discovering my passion. And so that's one reason why I've really loved and latched on to Joey because Mm -hmm. he's been helping me show, like helping me figure out those little steps and like, what's the next step for what I got to do. Well, I think also what's so cool about that relationship y'all have is uh, you're reflecting what's truly inside your heart because you're not rejecting him for not believing what you don't, what you believe. Right. Yeah. And and so that's what we're called to as Christians. We're called to uh, get to know all types of people, you know, like Jesus, the friend of sinners. Right. Obviously we need our community around us to build us up and pour into us. Right. But we need to be there for other people, regardless of where they're at in life. And and you're very much exemplary. Exemplifying. Yes. Yeah, yeah. There you go. There we go. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. And that, like, he and I had a discussion on that, too, which I thought was great. That, um, And I basically outright said that it's amazing how God will use people like him who completely reject, you know, Christianity and faith. And God will use people like him to reflect to me my value and my purpose and what I'm supposed to be Mm. using these skills and abilities for. And, like, that's not even what he was exactly trying to do. Like, he was indirectly trying to do that by trying to help me figure out my purpose and which direction I'm going for my career. But God has really used him to open my eyes to my abilities and how I can connect with other people to be able to share the gospel better, you know, through these skills and abilities. And so it's just neat seeing how God works, you know, through that. Yeah. Strengthen your potential ministry. Exactly. Strengthen your skill sets that you're using for your ultimate purpose. You know, I think that's what we what what we often uh, confuse in life is like we make our purpose the podcast. We make our purpose football. Right. Yeah. Like my video was talking about, like I was talking about earlier, use the machine, you know, Mm. like and I was. I was, use the I, machine don't be used by the machine yes exactly <laughs> exactly what i was talking about like don't get sucked into those idols as an end in themselves recognize that mm. they're there for you to uh ultimately further god's glory you know it's like if i'm gonna enjoy football allow me to enjoy that and fellowship with my brothers and connect right. with my christian brothers over that or connect with people who are in the world and use that as an uh, as a doorway to share the gospel with that person, mm. you know, that's why like even, you know, Aggie football or NFL or whatever, I almost like watching it on TV better 
them being there yeah because then you have the social aspect it brings people together and you get to know people have fun conversations you can have good snacks right exactly (laughs) yeah that's that's one reason why i love the the super bowl every year it's Mm. it's because there's less focus on the game and more on the commercials and the socializing (laughs) around it i mean like some people like i enjoy to watch the game i enjoy watching the game and seeing who is the best of the best but at the same Mm. time more emphasis is placed on the party and the gathering around that. And that's one reason yeah. why I love it so much. The Jeep Gladiator commercial. <sighs> yeah, that's the new truck, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I have mixed emotions, you know, but the thing is, I'm a huge, I mean, I have a Jeep hat on. Yeah. I'm a huge Jeep guy. I drive a yeah. Jeep. And I love it. It is, uh, man, it's the worst gas mileage, but I love oh. it. But this is the thing Tw- 2021, new Jeep 4xE comes out. An electric Jeep. Hybrid. Uh, okay, a hybrid. Yeah, because like full electric still isn't there yet, dude. Like 50 MPG bro. for a Jeep. Bro. <laughs> and you're still getting like the amazing rock crawling ability and like high torque because you've got that electric engine as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. 25 miles on one charge in the city. Now. Just battery. Think yeah. about this. Yeah. Think about this. You only have to fill up with gas when you're going on trips. Right. Yeah. All the rest is electricity, which means the most expensive part of owning the Jeep, which is the commute, mm-hmm. has just become the cheapest part of yeah. owning a Jeep. That That's one thing that I love about alternative energies that are coming around. Um, like, I hate what everybody's trying to do to force you to do that. Like let the market work itself out. Let it show itself as the more efficient model. Mm. And I think that's why the Prius blew up because like it was never insane build quality. Like it was a good car, right? but the, the whole draw was the economy. Like you're going to spend way less on gas. It's a lower quality car. So it's easier to produce less expensively and sell less expensively. So it's a cheap car that's good for the environment. That's inexpensive. And that's going to drive that technology forward. And like, I mean, it's good that you've got companies like Tesla where you've got, you know, somebody who's really rich and has a lot of business sense and is able to create other more valuable things for the moment to be able to fund that research and development. And he's going to be on the forefront, you know, Elon Musk. And he's like, he already is on the forefront of pushing forward that technology. But um, like, I'm sure you've heard of graphene. It's been around for a while, but it has been very expensive and, uh, you know, hard to produce, but, uh, I saw a video uh, by a YouTube channel I watched called Nighthawk in light mm. and some college student that I guess was either a master's or a doctorate student or something, yeah. uh, in chemistry or something like that, found a way to flash create it. So basically you just need a massive amount of current. So like you get a capacitor bank, uh, and then just like put a charge through anything. Like you could use coffee grounds, you could use sand or maybe not sand, stuff that's wow. high in carbon. Yeah. So like you could use like dead skin cells, you could use hair, you know, like go freaking clean up at the barber shop, <laughs> compact a bunch of hair into a tube and pass an electric charge through it and you've got graphene. Whoa. Yeah. So it's about to become insanely cheap to make graphene, which is going to help make lightweight, more powerful batteries, more powerful like because like I want to say they said uh, and I bet you 19 they... million pounds PSI tensile strength, mm. 19 million pounds a square inch tensile yeah. strength. And it's on, lighter than carbon fiber, right? I think so, yeah. Okay. Because it's like based on the actual like carbon like molecular structure. Right. So like they can get it, you know, like literally one atom thick, mm. like 
so it becomes literally a two-dimensional object in a three-dimension world a three-dimensional world so it's really lightweight it's really strong Hmm. and uh it can also be used out of it well you can make car bodies out of it and you can also make batteries out of it because it's uh it's got some electrical property that allows for the uh, storage of energy so you can use it to make really lightweight high density uh, high energy dense batteries that will allow you to charge faster and drive longer. How much so, do you want to bet that university will keep most of the money from that discovery? Oh, oh, <laughs> I know. But but the thing is, though, that's kind of how the game is set up. Oh, like, yeah. you know, the university owns that kid's idea, but that kid's I, that kid's name is on it. Mm. You know, so, oh, so he, he'll have he gets the recognition for the brains and the smarts and high you know high profile companies like Tesla that have lots of money are going to hire this kid to make their batteries more lightweight to make uh, you know their cars more accessible to the public and then on top of that i'm pretty sure that will also help with solar cells and make solar cells more lightweight and easier to cart around and like generate higher energy uh, so you could basically have a, an electric car that runs forever you know like throw some solar cells on the roof and on the hood and on the trunk you know, and then like use that to charge while you drive. Yeah. That's what I always dreamed of as a kid. I'm like, okay, if there's solar panel, like, you know, I was thinking like, yeah. I would just think about things like an engineer, you know? Yeah. Uh, if though, I just thought like, cause it, they have regenerative braking now, Yeah. yeah but I always yeah. thought like, okay, if the wheel is spinning and we use the spinning of the wheel to like create energy via like a, you know, <clears throat> Uh, a dam with water rolling through it right. then why can't we use that energy to put it back into the car i didn't understand at the time that it's less efficient right you're, you're, right you're, because some of the friction like is that kick- that electrical generation uh, causes resistance which i mean the car the whole like you're overcoming the resistance of moving the car and the people in it sure. and that's the whole so like adding but in resistance concept to that. in yeah. concept if you can take away those factors in theory it right. runs forever. Like, like say if you're in a really hilly area, you know, you could use the downhill slope. Like, you could put it right. on regenerative, and so like rather than having the, and that's what hybrids do. Like the right. the Toyota Prius, like it intuitively knows when you're going downhill, and it kicks it out of gear and turns it to regeneration. So like, uh, that resistance isn't enough to overcome the downhill force. So you're actually generating energy without making it less efficient because you're already using that gravity. Mm-hmm. So you use the energy to climb the hill that you would have to climb anyway. And then rather than wasting energy as you're going down, just, you know, in heat and resistance from the engine, yeah. that's now going into generating more battery power. So like they're, they're working on incorporating that. But so I in think, theory, if we get, um, solar panels good enough, then we can just have unlimited yeah, yeah. energy cars. Right, or yeah. Or unlimited energy and, in general. Uh, my uh, my neighbor in Houston, he got his degree from uh, the University of Houston in, I think it's like industrial design or something like that. And he designed a drone that had solar on it that was mm-hmm. lightweight enough to fly indefinitely. Like it could generate enough solar from oh, the solar panel. I've seen that. Well, no, like he designed it from scratch. It was a big mono wing yeah. thing, and like you. No, can I've put, seen that they have those though. Like, well, they're trying to work on it for sure, but I, like I don't think anybody's done it. Which no, they, is why they have them. Really? Yeah, there's these planes that are kind of like drone powered, and they're white. They have long wing, long yeah. one wing, and all of its solar panel, and they can fly for forever. Wow. Yeah. Dude, I didn't even think about that. I, I yeah, know, I know that's a thing. I don't know, Caleb. Do you think you can f- try to find that? Just a picture young of Jamie, it. Young Jamie, pull that up. Yeah, young Jamie. <laughs> young Caleb. Can I call you that? Young Caleb? And if you want. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that can double as your rap name, too. <laughs> oh, that's so true, yo, yo. bro. Do I need a rap name? I mean, you are an author, so. 
Lil Bizzle over Lil. here, you know, Bailey, <laughs> and then we got Young Caleb, you know. Yeah. So what's it called? Uh, I don't know. It's like a solar plane. plane. Yeah, solar plane. Indefinite that, flight solar plane. Yeah, that plane. flies forever. But uh, anyway, like, um, and you don't have to pull that up until you find it, Caleb. Okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think, you know, oh, I do want to venture into this because I know you've heard of this. What about gravity manipulation as a fuel source? Bro, <laughs> like, I mean, we've already kind of, it, like, got the groundwork yeah. for that, like, talking about, like, slingshotting around, like, stars and moons and things like that, yeah. like, when we're sending, you know, uh, satellites or, like, rovers into deep space or whatever. Go up, go up. Um, go to images. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Boeing Solar right Autonomous there? Aircraft. Yeah, that's it. Right there, right there, the middle one. Yeah, there you go. My goodness, The one dude. in the middle, Caleb. Yeah. That's nuts, dude. That's it. That is nuts. I don't know if you can make that any bigger. Yeah, but at the same time, like, basically, that's that's just, like, um, that's for, like, flying sensors around and gathering information. Like, it's not really efficient enough to carry a payload, right? Because, like, the yeah, solar panels are dense enough and heavy enough. scroll on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just super well, light. You can't see, carry See anything. if you can open the actual web page because there I bet you, you they'll have a higher quality image of it. Oh, you can see it there. Probably. Oh, yeah, you can see it. Yeah, you can see the solar panels on the, the tail fins and all but, along oh, the way. Oh, no, no. They have a YouTube channel. Try try to find the video. <laughs> they have a video of this thing flying in real time, I'm pretty sure. It gets crazy. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, we can continue. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe not. We can just continue with the. If you can find it, just Dude, let us know. You know what time <laughs> okay. it is? What? It is almost nine thirty. Is it? Yeah, we have been at this been for going? almost two and a half hours, close to right. Two and a half, right, Caleb? Uh, yes. We, we got started around seven. Are. Dude, it's Bro, flown this, by. This is a straight, full-on Joe Rogan podcast. Yes. Like I've no, seen. No, I seriously. We was are exactly that. at two hours. Oh, two hours. Okay, cool. two hours. Yeah, so we, we did get like started nothing. a little late. I know. I love long form. Yeah, I love it too. And, and not that's enough why people I love do Joe Rogan. It. Not enough people do it, and because they, they say, "Oh, well, you can't be Joe Rogan." And so uh, don't do long form. Niche down. Give people 30 minutes because that's all they're going to listen to. They're too busy. The, yeah. The, the, the problem is if they like the show enough, they're going to make it a priority well, in their and life dude, and they want to listen. A lot of it has to do with marketing too because mm. like I think 50 minutes to an hour really is that butter zone. But people, right. if they're interested, will engage for longer than that. And I think the way you get them engaged is to give them short 15-minute clips that right. they might be interested in. So like take clips out from the podcast and it's like, hey – this is some of the stuff that we talk about. If you're interested in this, you'll like the longer, you know, the more long form, like you'll get more of a whole picture. You'll get more of the context for what they were talking yes. about and you'll get just more of that content in general. And that's one thing that I've noticed all popular long form creators have oh, short form, uh, short form, like they clip out of their long form to draw people in. It's like self-advertising. That's what Tim cast does. Well, yes, I love Tim pool. Dude, <laughs> yeah. dude Tim cast, bro. Like freaking hey, love those. Shout guys. out Tim pool. <laughs> Let's talk, bro. For Come real. On. I really want to talk to you. Cause I, I, he, he's not Christian. No, no, but, I but don't think he so. He is, he's, 
he's awesome he's an awesome guy yeah <laughs> i mean like and but he just sees like everything he's just like let's just see it for what it is like this right. is what's going on and like these people are mad at these people and then these people are lying about this and these people are lying about this and it's like but let's see what's actually going on there's some right. nonsense here yeah and i mean like he's worked for the mainstream media companies he's worked for abc he's worked for vice and now mm. he's out freelance because he was tired of playing the games he's like I can take these skills that I've learned, but apply it to what I'm passionate about, and that's finding the truth. Now, we may not necessarily line up uh, on what we believe truth is yes. insofar as our worldview is concerned, but we both want to look at and see what is actually going on and then use our worldview to best figure out how to move forward from that. Yes. And I think with... Uh, how polarized things get because like that's what makes money like we are a capitalist system for better or and for worse and yes. part of that worse is you know what sells is the controversy and like the hate and you know people getting mad at each other and that's we have why it in us it's like you got to right. defend your family right. like i even like dude i have i have like doomsday scenario like worked out in my head already yeah. like i know exactly what i'm gonna do like it's not that I'm I'm gonna hide in a bunker, right. and it's not like I like am stocking up on food. Like I'm not that practical about it, which I probably should right, be. Right. But but I know like if something happens, it's like the U.S. government is crashing. <laughs> like, yeah, you like, know, like Donald Trump dead, Joe yeah. Biden about to take presidency, and then like you know the three <laughs> yeah. percenters are like, oh, we can't have that, and so they're rising up, and an actual second civil war yes. starts. You yeah, know? and so. I already know. I'm not going to tell you on air. Oh, but yeah, of course. I already know exactly what my game plan is for when yeah. that happens. I'm like, yeah. okay, I get, I know, I know. What I know people, who I'm going to get in touch yes, with. You know, yes. I know I'm where I'm like potential where places gonna I'm going to hold down. Yes. Like where I could draw food. Like what skills these people have. So like, oh, that dude's good at shooting. That dude's good at finding things. That dude's good at fixing things. Yeah. That dude is like, you know, just a good emotional support. You know, and so like you kind of know doomsday scenario yes. who your core squad is going to be and like who you get along yes. with you know but not only that like just who the where the people i care about are yeah and how yeah. i'm going to contact them where like where we're going to meet up at yeah like, emp goes off phone grid goes down yes. like how do you get to where your loved ones are because you're not gonna be able to contact them by phone or on the internet you you roll in the jeep because that can go anywhere that, yeah <laughs> and now at, at that point like private property is public yeah, so right. <laughs> you can just in texas we don't have a lot of uh, like uh, or public uh, trails. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you, you got to find somewhere that's large enough that the person that owns the property will never but find if you. That just happens, bunker down unless you know someone with property. <laughs> yes, I, if that happens, I'm literally gonna take my Jeep on Enchanted Rock. Oh, hell <laughs> just yeah, yeah, dude, heck yeah, Enchanted Rock. I I went camping there. I want to say 2014 or I 2015. Like, and we did the primitive camping, so we hiked like a crap ton of stuff like yeah. we hiked like a full metal frame hammock up there like a four or eight person tent you know and it was only two of us so like like we're carrying, to the top you know, of it <laughs> uh yeah like a mile in like up the rock like not all the way up to the top of the big rock yeah. but you know there's the primitive camping site that's like yes, up a yes, hill yes. and across some rocks and stuff yes. and um man my nose is itching i love that place i, I yeah, want to no, go camp great. there it is so great, dude, there. but it was so rough because like we did it in the height of summer, like May, oh, you know, and it was bro. super hot. Like I was super sweaty and sticky in the tent. I go outside to get some air and I'm swarmed with bugs. The cicadas were super loud from 9 p.m. at night till about four or five yeah. in the morning. The ground was super hard. Like I didn't sleep hardly at all. 
So we were supposed to stay for two nights, and like the next night, I'm like, bro, I can't do another night. <laughs> like, because we hiked like probably 20 miles it like in yeah. one day and it was super hot you know and i was super tired yeah it's like i'll rock paper scissors you if you win <laughs> i'll stay if uh if i win we leave tonight and yeah. like so 11 o'clock we roll out i get home in houston like three in the morning four in the morning something like that uh just because it took us <laughs> so long drive. to get all our stuff like down the hill in the dark how long does that drive four hours it's four like and a half three and a half four and hours half. something like that yeah i oh, i the last time i was there was march and it was actually my girlfriend and I's like second date. Really? And I took her through a cave. It was a, oh, it was dude. awesome. I went to go through the cave and like it was just so many daddy long legs. I was just like, uh, nope. Dude, that happened to me when I was a kid because I'm not afraid oh. of them now. Really, I don't yeah. like them. I don't want them on me. Like yeah, I don't want exactly. spiders on me. But I'm not like. I'm also a bigger dude, so and yeah. I'm a little claustrophobic. So <laughs> right. I was just oh like, yeah, it is kind of t- yeah, dude. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I was noticing earlier, I'm like, is his head like in the frame now? Barely, I'm barely. Like small. <laughs> I, I noticed like it was chopping off like oh, almost and... all the way down to my eyes. So I leaned. D- oh, so you were lean. mindful of that too? Yeah, too. yeah. And it's funny, like something I realized, like because my uh, thinking out loud videos that I've mentioned, uh, you know, short short shoot videos, I've drawn a lot of inspiration from Casey Neistat mm. and his vlog videos. And one recent vlog he put out, like somebody was talking or asking, like everybody asks why he wears his sunglasses all right. the time. And it's like, it's a practical thing. I can stare at the, the monitor screen and see where I am in frame, but uh. it looks like I'm looking at the lens. Oh. And I was just like, because he's always being mindful of where he is in screen and his framing and like what he's pointing at, you know. That but it looks like he's smart. staring straight at the camera rather than looking at the monitor next to it. Bro, I started wearing shades inside, and I'm loving it. Because I, uh, I just stopped uh, caring what people thought. Dude, yeah. No, recently, <laughs> like, because that's one thing I've always been And people been are surprised when I'm so nice, too, which is great. Because, yeah. like, I'm wearing shades inside, so yeah. I must be a douchebag. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like, I must be. And and yeah. when I'm really polite, mm-hmm. it, it takes them from, like, thinking I'm, like, this like way down here like this mm-hmm. douchebag and then, mm-hmm. then it brings me way up because they're like whoa this person's nice and most people that aren't wearing sunglasses are probably pretty mean throughout the day and especially with the mask they don't want to talk to anybody yeah so like when well, i like like look people in the eye i'm like i don't know that's one thing though that i've recognized like you got to be careful now like because we're all wearing masks whenever we're out in public um you know you can't share that emotion from like the second half of your face right. so if you're wearing sunglasses it makes it impossible to right. read your your expression so like i've actually taken to wearing sunglasses less now mm. so that people can i can better emote with my eyes rather yeah. than like you know nothing yeah, at yeah, all. yeah i don't wear them all the time but i yeah. just i wear them every once in a while i also yeah. like I make Christian rap, so yeah, I think yeah. I'm allowed to. <laughs> you know, like aren't rappers allowed to wear sun shades inside? Dude, yeah, no. Ryan has showed me some of your stuff, and I was listening to 21 Pilots the other day. Yeah, I forget what song it is. I think it's like about his pet tiger or something mm. off his most recent album. And like, I was like, dude, that kind of sounds like Bailey, you know? And dude, so- I'm I'm so upset that uh, Ryan and I stopped really working at it because we were like dedicated for dude, for a while. And I know you make some music with him. Yeah, and I know he's he doesn't like hip-hop as much as like his other genres yeah i just wish we could like because ryan and i working on a project if we're dedicated to it's gonna be fire yeah and like i want to do it so bad but like it takes two people to tango you know yeah no and that's that's one thing like i mean 
I don't fancy myself like a super great lyricist or anything. Yeah. Like, but I try to help where I can. And yeah. so like, I'm usually not too involved in like the actual musical creation process, but like getting it out to people, like I like to try to help them with yeah. because like that, that seems to be like where I'm best getting my skill. And like, that's why I'm talking about doing like these, Basically, just like the simple, you know, like UKF dubstep or whatever, um, like the videos on YouTube where it's just like the logo and the equalizer right, right, and then right. the music playing. And I'm trying to do that for him. So I got like a wallpaper engine, which is like something you can do like audio responsive wallpapers and then oh. use OBS to record it. So like I can play his music and record this audio responsive wallpaper that's like a visualizer and I can custom make one with a logo for him. Right. So, um, like that's something that's been kind of difficult because he's really busy with school. I'm really busy with school, but that's like the next step in what he's doing with his music. And I know he really and, wants to do music full time. Yeah. Yeah. Do that. And like, that's, that's one thing that's great. Like he's doing his modeling and, um, he's yeah, in he's marketing. He's a good looking guy. Yeah. He's <clears throat> like, he's doing his modeling. He's in marketing. He's jacked, so like man. He's jacked. He's using <laughs> what he has to learn to self-promote. But even then, like, he still doesn't do a super great job of it all the time. And so, like, yeah. that's, like, th- that's one thing that I can help him with. And that's one thing that yeah. I want to help him with. But, well, and, and we've like, had him on the podcast. So yeah. check yeah. that one out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I was. The difference yeah. between... Uh, the difference between Ryan and I too is where we have way different like creation processes. Mm-hmm. So I could do everything off the top of my, like he actually pushed me to writing more and it helped out yeah, a lot, yeah. but I can do a lot of things. If not some of my best stuff off the top of my head and with other people, Ryan likes to be like on his own making the music or someone he's yeah. really comfortable around because he doesn't want to feel like judged or anything. Right. And which is understandable. So like when we get together, it's always like, kind of focusing on the vocals part for me because he's already made the beat on his own yeah which i think is fine you know and so i have sat down with him and made a beat one time when we first started to make it it was like a kind of a surfaces like acoustic guitar kind of it was really cool um but yeah i mean and so i think a big part of like two people coming together to make artists because i really think like because i know i have a skill in like lyricism and rap and and like, cause I've been practicing for like almost eight years now, wow. like freestyling and stuff. And, and then building in the studio, I was like, cool, we're going to do it more. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I did a freestyle with, uh, on the David Barrera episode, right, Caleb? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, I think you did too. Yeah. That, that, that was super fun. Yeah. And we also actually, um, had Ryan, uh, comment. He oh, really? Said, oh, sweet. I didn't know you were letting homeless people on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he commented on this one? Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, no, I texted him whenever you asked me if I would be on tonight. And yeah. I was like, bro, I'm going to be on Bailey's podcast, dude. <laughs> like, especially since, like like I mentioned, Joey was like, It's crazy because I feel like God somebody. inspired. Like, because this yeah. has been a great conversation. Absolutely. But, like, you weren't the original guest. We had to right. change some stuff up. Right. Like, all things work together to yes. those that love God and are called yes. according to his purpose. And, like, he just kind as of gave us that opportunity. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, like, I think, you know, that that's definitely, it's been a great opportunity, you know. And I did kind of want to reach out, but at the same time, I didn't want to be that guy yeah, that just, yeah. like, asked 
oh man, you got a podcast. Can I be on it, bro? You know, no, sometimes like, that comes across as bad too. Exactly. Because like, it looks like you're trying to use them and the work that they've put in to build their platform and you're trying to use their platform like and use them. Yeah. To- Honestly would like people, I need to create some type of uh, like forum to where you can like send an email or something. Like a Google doc yeah, or something. Yeah. And just like basically hand out business cards <laughs> with that link on it. What and I then need to can- do is recreate a new website. Um, yeah. I've had a bunch of website iterations and I'm such a creative that I m- try to mix everything, but yeah. I need to keep things segmented. And so I try to put too many things in one place. I just need like a square space. A square space. Squarespace. Yeah, yeah. We're not sponsored. Yeah, yeah. Squarespace, come on. Where are you at? <laughs> we are sponsored by Dr. Dr. Design Dr. great <laughs> websites with awesome, this awesome graphics, you know, don't need to know HTML, you know, anybody can do it. We are <laughs> sponsored though by Dr. Direct Nutrition. Get all of your uh-huh. pharmaceutical grade supplements to help all of your needs all right you got some of those nootropic <laughs> supplements you know the vitamins you know like help that brain health you know no but these, cbd with the the sore aches yeah. and pains and the muscles and the joints and whatnot yeah. sure i was actually telling telling you about it earlier like yeah a huge discount um but anyway like because i own the business yeah uh or at least I get 67% of the business. I mean, that's, uh, <laughs> you know, that's controlling share, bro. Yeah. And uh, anyway, uh, but so I do have like personal interest in it, but at the same time, I've used these supplements mm-hmm. uh, from before because it's partnered with my stepmom's company. Right. And uh, they use the supplements. They're, they're, they are custom formulated by Dr. Kendall Stewart mm-hmm. out of um, uh, Bee Caves, Texas, which is nor- uh, northwest, it's like West Austin. Okay, and uh, and he helps like some of the sickest kids get better. Like the the doc, like when they've went to twelve different doctors, fifteen different doctors that tell them, "I don't know what's wrong, don't know how to work." He fixes the sick of the sick yeah. because he understands genomics nutrition. He understands how who we are you have to shape the nutrition around who you are and what your lifestyle is and and your genetic code and so like he'll take these kids that can't like have autism and they can't stop moving like and their their parents are like losing their mind not because they don't love their kid it's because if you're you have this auto processing disorder this inflammation control disorder and you're constantly like a kid that's like it hurts like so you're 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 lashing out and you're screaming and yelling and stuff yeah. and you can't sit still mm-hmm. and you have to wear headphones to block the noises out because it hurts your ears mm-hmm. like we parents just need rest and mm-hmm. so things like the calming cream and stuff that he it, it's a it's a cream that you know uses uh different gaba mm-hmm. products and, and whatnot <laughs> to to but it's made for kids with autism, but everybody can use it. But it's a it's a transdermal yeah. on your skin. And so, like, I've used these supplements to help my autoimmune diseases because I have different autoimmune. I have hair loss from autoimmune. Wow. I had skin condition. And, like, dyslexia and all that play all together. It's inflammation control issues. It's neurotransmitter issues. Mm-hmm. And the only way to truly find this out is through a genetic test. But you can start with supplementation like I did. Try one thing and get it going. So the most important thing to me has been methylfolate. And 
Isn't that very common in a lot of uh, fungi? Like, um, yeah, and it's common. It's in our food, mm-hmm. but it's very low. And so, let's say I, because I personally, based upon my genetic code, mm-hmm. have a, uh, I do not produce enough methylfolate. Mm. All right, and methylfolate is the building blocks for all of our neurotransmitters. So it's like if you think about oil versus gasoline, mm. folate. Folic acid is the oil that needs to be refined into a neurotransmitter via methylation. And so for me, methylation is the refining process yeah, 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 yeah. into gasoline. Mm-hmm. So you can't just put oil in your car. Right. So if, let's say you have a ton of methylfolate, mm-hmm. but you or not methylfolate because that's a methylfolate folic automatically. Yeah, yeah. If, if you don't have enough folic acid, mm-hmm. or let's say you have a ton of folic acid, but mm-hmm. you, your brain does not methylate, your body does not methylate. Yeah. then you're not going to be able to use any of that. Right. And luckily my body can methylate pretty well. So I don't have to take the methylation complete, mm-hmm. but I take the methylfolate and it's helped tremendously with my dyslexia, helped tremendously with my attention deficit disorder. Yeah. And I take a ton of other stuff, but that's just one example. Right. Yeah. And no, so, and that's, that's one thing like, uh, so much of, you know, big pharma and modern, you know, uh, like pharmacology, is focusing on treating symptoms, not fixing, you know, root issues. And that was another thing, like another reason my parents homeschooled us is because like right then was about when uh, ADD and ADHD were blowing up, mm. you know, and so many kids in the public school system were getting prescribed. They're sending amphetamine. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, like Adderall, Ritalin. What the heck? It's basically. What are we like, doing? It is legitimately basically <laughs> methamphetamines that you're giving these kids to help them yeah. focus. And it's like you're getting these kids hooked on these drugs from a young age, like elementary school kids, and they don't know how to function without these things that are there to treat their symptom. And their body builds up a tolerance to they this drug. They don't know drug. what's happening. Exactly. And so, like, their body builds up a tolerance to this drug, and so they have to take more and more. And by the time they're adults, they can't function without it because they're addicted, you know? And, like, they haven't fixed the root issue. So if they get off, like, they're stuck. And you know what it does? uses up all your neurotransmitters. It's like a toothpaste tube. If you think about all your neurotransmitters in a, t- in a toothpaste tube, you squeeze out the dopamine, mm. squeeze it out. You have to wait till it's refilled. So, but what happens is these people already have low amount of dopamine. Right. And it's squeezed out already. And so that's why their attention deficit disorder. Mm-hmm. So then uh, they're like, okay, here's some speed. Here's some whatever uh some amphetamine mm-hmm. boom now it's just squeezing that further you're getting more of a reaction but you're squeezing it out right. and the more that you take it you never let it fill back up because you're just trying to use it all right and you're basically running your body off of nitrous instead of gasoline right you know like need for or fast and furious yeah. use the nitrous you're not going to drive your car with nitrous because it'll destroy the engine right if you use only nitrous you have to use the gasoline too right yeah it's like about that air fuel mixture. It's yeah. like, you know, like you run out of fuel, like all you're doing is compressing more and more air into that cylinder, but you're not creating that explosion, I guess, you know? So yeah. anyway, <laughs> yeah, dude, it's, uh, it's so interesting, like how that stuff plays out and like how much different my life could have been had I been in the public school system, because I know I would have been just prescribed Adderall or Ritalin well, or something like that. That's the crazy thing is I was just thinking like, cause I have a lot of friends. I didn't meet like hardly any private school or, or, uh, uh, homeschool people until I moved here. Cause it's so prominent in college station. Yeah. You know, Ian, Houston, Dow, even more. Ian Dow is one of my best yeah, yeah. friends that's been homeschooled. Yeah, dude. I met him when I was like 
13 or 14 yeah. at summer camp like we, we were bunk mates <laughs> in a cabin at frontier oh, that's camp crazy. yeah and then like you know i come back the next year and he's hit his growth spurt oh. now he's like massively tall and skinny i'm like Tallest i didn't even recognize him yeah he's 610 yeah. bro yes. and he's like well when he hit his growth spurt he was 610 and 135 pounds he and i actually used to do a podcast together yeah yeah it was bible the, breakfast yeah yeah like i remember i saw some clips of that on facebook a while yeah. back that was probably like at least a year ago yeah 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 about it yeah wow. uh but um you know, I, I always used to think as a kid, like, because this is what everybody said. Oh, the homeschool people are the weird ones. But maybe we were just the brainwashed ones. <laughs> because yeah. I think there is certain social oh, yeah. aspects that you get from being in public school yeah. that makes you feel Absolutely. more normal. Right. But why are we so obsessed with being normal? Right. Yeah, no. <laughs> and that's like, that's, you know, like, like we I each... think we're just brainwashed. Yeah, no. And like, it's, it's, uh. Like, I look at the public school system as an extension of government, you know, and like, mm. I'm, you know, I'm more libertarian. I'm more for small government. It's like as little government as possible to run the country as efficiently as possible. And Do you that's think if I'm we like, did, oh, I mean, well, a mm-hmm. and public university, the right, university yeah. with the, so we're benefiting from that. Right. But, obviously. But do yeah. you think if we made it privatized, there would be better quality well, education? Think about, think about this. Um, like a lot of. Uh, education grants come through the state, right? And the the state bases its education grant amounts based on what in-state tuition is at that mm-hmm. time, right? And uh, it's uh, in-state tuition is set by legislation as well as the universities. Like you're given like a, a range that you can operate within and then the, the university kind of raises it and lowers it within those bounds, mm-hmm. right? And so over time, universities have uh because more and more education grants are being given by the government universities are like well there's more money available to the school system because the government's given more to students so we can raise our tuition fee uh fees tuition and fees and whatnot so like we're able to charge more money without giving more of a product and because there's also more and more education grants available more and more people are available to go to school and that's both for better and for worse because there's less um, there it yeah. well they have it's to, cheapened because it's available to more people and uh, the quality of education has gone down so well, more and you more know people why that are is what you said but mm-hmm. also subsidies federal bank right right <laughs> and that, that's what I'm talking about with these uh, education grants yeah. so like the, the more and more money for, is earmarked for it yeah. and so it becomes less and less efficient and more and more expensive right. and worth less and less it's basically but, inflation yes. but in education but also like the reason that we have the I think a big part of why we why they char- are charging more is because more people can pay for it Right, because exactly. They're That's exactly what I'm saying. Loans. Exactly. Yeah. More people can pay for it because the government's offering more money, so the school raises their prices so that they earn more money, mm. and so it's a racket. And then the government raises the amount of money that they're giving out because mm. schools are raising their prices, so it feeds back into uh, itself. So that is one the of machine. the inefficiencies. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's one of the inefficiencies of the machine of government, and that's why I'm a libertarian. I'm for smaller government. Like, And I'm not denying the fact that you know, I'm, you know, I have the Pell Grant paying for a large portion of my school. Like, so I am a beneficiary of that, but, um, that doesn't change the fact that 
uh, the university is getting that money from the government yeah. and then raising their prices because they're available to get that money, and then the government's giving out more money as well. So you're with but pre- you're with President Kennedy. There should be no Federal Reserve. <laughs> was Kennedy of the of the no Federal Reserve? Like, I mean, I know Alexander Hamilton is the one that kind of originated that idea yeah. and kind of set those things in motion. Uh, and Jefferson was against it. Um, and I know there's a lot of controversy surrounding him because of his personal life and things like that, but you can't deny what he was about in government. Do you think it's the bankers, though? That's what I'm asking. Well, um, I mean, like, there's part of that. Because like, who know, loans to the government? Right. The Federal Reserve <laughs> Follow Bank. the money trail. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So, like, I definitely... Like, I definitely think the government has too much set up so that they yeah. can, you know, waste our money and, you know, be rich and that kind of thing. And, you know, absolute power corrupts absolutely. So, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And it's like, I, I just think if I'm like a world banker, right? And it's such a rabbit hole. I just want to. Oh, yeah. yeah. I wanted Conspiracy to go. Conspiracy theories I know. abound. I wanted to go here. But let's just, yeah. let's just theorize. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're comedians, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll say that. Because <laughs> you can get away with saying so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yes. I'm not running for president, so don't assassinate me, please. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah. But like, let's, let's let's in theory, right? Mm-hmm. If someone happened to have all the money in the world, right? Yeah. They could have unlimited money. Uh, some would say they own the money. Mm-hmm. Some would say they control the money. Anyway, uh, let's say you had all the money in the world, and mm-hmm. so you buy all the yachts, you buy all the private islands, you have a million houses, you mm-hmm. can travel anywhere. Well, you get bored. Mm-hmm. You get bored. Mm-hmm. So if you're not a follower of Jesus, mm-hmm. then what do you want? You want to become the most powerful that you can because you are your own God ultimately. Yes. Like, I mean, and that's that's like religion, you know, that's like secularism. That's like atheism. Mm. You know, if it's not Jesus who is your God, you are creating a God in your own image. Mm. Like even people in the church, you know, like it's <laughs> yeah. like the church is has fallen away because they are making God in their own image. And like they're mm. rejecting parts of the Bible. And it's like this is how God has chosen to reveal himself to us. And like the the scripture that we have can t- pertains everything that we d- need to know pertaining to life and godliness. And when people start to reject those pieces, they're not getting the whole image of what pertains to life and godliness. And so they cease to be godly people. Mm. So um, so like even people who claim to be Christian, you know, they reject parts of the Bible. They're creating a God in their own image because they don't like parts of who he really is. Bro. Yeah. Mic drop again. Uh, that i think that's two by my count (laughs) two mic drops this Uh, one was definitely better yeah (laughs) Uh, it it just increased and that's i think like shout out to joe rogan again right because um he has realized that what what kind of conversation you're gonna get out of 30 minutes like at 30 minutes you're getting warmed up exactly i I mean like like we've been going you know over two hours now and it just continues to get better minutes yeah exactly two and a half hours and we're continuing to get better because we're feeding off of each other and we're going down those rabbit hills rabbit hills rabbit trails (laughs) and allowing our conversations to be informed by that knowledge that we're gaining from one another and allowing that to kind of inspire us to search it's like radio waves it fluctuates and that's what i like so much about the bible because you see these reflections everywhere even in creation it says all of creation like 
like longs for the day that Jesus returns and yeah. like screams out. Like you yeah. know, you can see the the yeah. signature of God within everything. Think about roller coasters. Yeah. Think about conversation. Good conversation. Mm. Think about radio waves. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's that's something else. Like, Sound waves itself. What we're using fluctuates mm. well and <laughs> even looking deeper into sound waves like that's one thing that i that i've uh like i kind of had the realization and like this is more like theoretical type deal but you know how uh secular scientists talk about the big bang like one massive thing at the beginning where a bunch of nothing exploded right. into a bunch of something right but then you think about the biblical creation god said let there be light and there right. was light that was the beginning right so that big bang was god speaking everything into existence or at yeah. least i kind of like to think of that yes. in that sense no no you're exactly correct because you know when the big bang theory was originized atheist scientists rejected it because they thought it sounded too much like genesis creation oh wow i hadn't so heard crazy. that one you have like there's history there with that i it's had crazy. not heard that one it's crazy, and and now it's flipped because it's like, oh, well, that proves God doesn't exist, and it's like, how? Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, like it. In fact, like if you look at Augustine and uh, like uh, philosophically look at uh, Augustine, Thomas Aquinas, uh, and guys like that, you know, they they let the Bible inform their philosophy, and they use philosophy to kind of prove the Bible uh, because you know, like it really is logical if you look at it like that. And so like, it's neat to look at these things that the world has tried, tried to run from God and pull these things together to explain the lack of a God. You know who did it the best? Who? Ravi Zacharias. Have you ever heard it? I know who Ravi Zacharias is. Yeah. I think he explained to me, at least he explained to the non-believer the best I've ever seen of how you can logically get to God like there's a logical pathway in yeah. order to get to God yeah yeah and that that's one thing that I love about philosophy because uh, a lot of the time people think of it in absence of God mm. but really like you know if you go to Aquinas or Augustine you know like like really Christianity is very philosophical in and of itself you know and like what God has done it's it's ultimately logical you know it's it's so yeah. simple yet <laughs> like so profound right you know and uh like it's like the bible talks about advancing the gospel through the weak and not the strong and mm-hmm. like you know um like the word but of god flipped, is foolish to the wise yes, of the world it's flipped on its head on how we would have done it exactly <laughs> because it's god doing it it's not us we would have done it through big podcasts like if i was jesus i would have came i would have started a podcast and then i would have told everybody that I was God and then ruled the world. And that's actually what the Jewish people thought was going to happen, not the podcast. Mm, yeah, yeah, but they yeah, thought yeah. he was going to come and rule instantly. Yeah, physically. Yes. Yeah, they didn't expect which he will, him to do it. Which the, he will. Yeah. He will come rule in the end. physically. Yes. Not the first. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's like, came, oh, we got to wait, man. Yeah. We get, we've been waiting since Genesis. We've been waiting since Adam. Well, I mean, we individually have been waiting for about 20 years. But, yeah. you know, like all of history has been groaning ever since the first sin. Yeah. You know? But man, that'll be a great day. Like, Mm. and dude, like just thinking about all the great like Christian metal bands and rappers that are so theologically sound, like becoming the archetype, you know, talking, uh, you know, talking about like, you know, Romans or like Revelation. That is one of the coolest things that's been happening recently. Yeah. Because you didn't like, I mean, in the 
2000, like since NWA to, you know, 2000, even 10 yeah. with Lecrae, you didn't see a ton of Christian rappers. Dude. You didn't see a ton. Now now you've got people like Shylin and Beautiful Eulogy who are just like, they're almost like theologians to a beat, yes. you know? It's just like they're, they're bringing theology and hip-hop together and they're doing it in a really entertaining way. And they're making it really accessible to everybody. Like we, we like to talk about the knowledge gap or technology gap, mm. you know, and how it's harder for lower income communities to gain access to knowledge because they have less access to the internet because they have less access to technology, but they have access to music. And that's what these guys are doing. Like they're coming out of the ghetto, you know, and they're using hip hop. That's a part of their culture, you know, and they're turning right back around and injecting the gospel into that hip hop and giving it to people who know it and understand right. it. Like, so they're getting it in a way that they might not otherwise get it. Mm. you know and they might not otherwise get it at all you know and so it's it's great to see all these artists who are becoming all things to all people like paul talks about yeah. you know um but that's one thing that we've got to be careful to like become all things to all people without sinning you know like be a friend yeah. to tax collectors and sinners without <clears throat> partaking in their sin like we got to be a light we got to stand out apart from them while being among them yeah you know and who knew that these new accessibility was such a good pair with Christianity. You know, the ability God for knew. any, yeah, right. Yeah. For anybody, any, uh, rapper yeah. to buy a mic for a hundred bucks and you can make music or literally I, <clears throat> one of my favorite Christian rappers, mm -hmm. uh, I, I just like his style. NF? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, pa uh, uh, Paul Russell. Uh, he's he's like way he's way underground. Okay, he's with like John Keith and Ruslan. Like I, I like I'm talking most most of the Christian rappers I really like are pretty underground. Yeah. Um, but he has a song that says, um, "What did it say? Uh, Pay for a whole trip from a song made on an iPhone. Like made it with his iPhone. Yeah. He paid for a whole trip with a song he made on his iPhone. Yeah." <laughs> Dude, that's what I love about media production is like you can create a bunch of something from nothing and it's kind of like a microcosm of what God did with the world, mm. you know, like you can take something that's in your mind that is essentially nothing physically and use that to create something physically that people love and they want and like are willing to trade valuables for mm. like and you can take that and you can put your time and your effort, um, you know, and like as Christians, we use it you know, as those good works that were prepared beforehand for us to do, God gave us those skills and those abilities. Like NF talks about, like God gave me the gift and God gave me the ability, you know, and music is kind of like a therapy for him, you know, and, sure. but so many people connect to him through that and through that, you know, connect to his faith, Yeah, you know, and people and love to N God. NF. Dude, I love NF, bro. See, I'm not, see, I'm not a huge fan of NF. It's because I like more upbeat, lyricism that's yeah. like wordplay yeah and i like feeling oh. good upbeat i like then feeling you positive Shylin, right Shy i've heard a, a little bit of his stuff dude but. listen to his track i'm hot okay he's uh like I there's think, a yeah. lot there are there's a lot of punnage going on but he's basically rapping as if he's like the sun <laughs> And like mm. the first time I listened through, it took me most of the song to get that. Mm. Like it sounded like he's just boasting a lot, but then it's like, oh, it's all wordplay as if yes. he's like the sun, the, the yes. actual star. And so like, 
I love know, like, cleverness. Yeah. Oh, dude, it is so clever. Um, yeah. Like, I freaking love Shylin because he breaks down really cons, uh, complex theological concepts yeah. and doctrines and like that and makes it accessible to people. Like, and he does it with a lot of clarity, mm-hmm. but also he does it to great beats too. Like, he's not doing like these modern, like lean rap beats that are like, you know, really bland and just doom, doom you know, yeah. or whatever, like he's got like these more classical, like 90s style rap yeah. beats. I think with that song Ryan and I made, uh, you probably heard this one. It was like the best one I think we've done. Maybe yeah. one of them, but my lyrics, they're simple. Cause it was just something we we're working on, but it was like my, like he, he has this chorus. That, mm-hmm. Oh, you know that I need it. I'm about to shoot my shot. This comedy mm-hmm. with arena. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's awesome. And like, whenever I, I get inspired by that and I yeah. feel that energy, I'm like, okay, now I freestyle. Yeah. And I think I wrote this one, but it was like, yeah, what up? You ain't gotta blow up. You just gotta show up. Or I'm just gonna show up because I know I'm next up. Like, yeah, got that gold, bruh. You don't even know us. Or I don't even know ya, but I still love ya. Yeah, come a- I said, come again. I'm kinda, kinda coming in. We run again. Uh, we. Run again, so, something. Run again, fun again. Dude, that, uh, to my kin, cause you my friend. And then again, we never gonna sin again. <laughs> like, bro, that reminds me. Like, I wrote some lyrics like based on like uh, I think you might have met Jonathan. Like, I'll pull him up on my phone because I don't remember him off the top of my head. But Jonathan was like making a joke, just putting down some rhymes and stuff. And I was like, that actually is kind of heavy. And like, mm. I started writing to it. And I'll, I'll see if I can pull it up on my phone real quick. No. But uh, I think it's Jonathan. Did he come with you to Colorado? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. that's who I'm thinking of. Oh, Jonathan. Jonathan's yeah. cool, man. Yeah. Uh, let me let me see if I can pull up my memos real quick. And like, yeah. uh, I'll give it a go. Um, come on. Yeah. I know. I don't always. Uh, I I have a like I feel like I there don't always is. make the best first impression for people, yeah. and like I don't know people expect the worst from me for some reason sometimes just depending yeah. on who they are. Well, dude, and, not gonna lie, like I mean, like you seemed kind of, like when I first met you, the vibe you gave off was kind of like an immature kid. But as I got <laughs> to know you, I was like, wow, this kid actually has a lot of street smarts and is really wise beyond <laughs> his years, and that was kind of what drew me to your work. Mm. Um, like, and why I was like, wow, I really like what he's doing. Like he's being bold. He's sharing the gospel, you know, like, uh, I think it's in first or second Timothy, like let no one despise you for your youth, you know, Mm. let no one treat you like a child just because you're young. Like if you recognize and like you have wisdom and you acquire knowledge, like share that with people, Mm. you know, don't be ashamed. Like Romans one 16. Sure. Uh, and I'm but, sure in many ways I have been an immature kid. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> I mean like, dude, me all the time, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, dude, let me, let me spit some of these verses. Yes. Like, uh, and it, it's kind of heavy. Like, I know you like to keep it, okay. keep it light, cool, but, cool, cool. uh, uh yeah, I'm not everybody. All right. So, uh, <laughs> pornography, philosophy, it's wrecking our society. The government mm. is feeding me pills for my anxiety, seek thrills and impropriety. It kills indulges quietly. And yet as there, I return as if it fills my needs sufficiently prescription addiction relapse and competition whatever it takes to raise up the stakes and corporate asset acquisition 
sex sells and I'm buying it kills and now I'm dying live for the dopamine but the chemicals are lying the sex it is currency sells cars and magazines and in the suburbs youth they hail their so-called liberty switch foot said it years ago and in and out my ears it goes will it change my heart my man only Yahweh knows eyes on Jesus staying afloat mm. eyes on the internet going soul broke it tastes like wine sweet in the cup but goes down like poison deep in the cut too many times I've heard it again and again but even more I've lived it seeking my end and like that was all just from is something that number three number three oh uh, yeah i guess third like, mic drop <laughs> third mic drop bro but yeah no that's that's just something like i've tried to kind of uh kind of like sharpen my skills with poetry a little bit mm. because i'm drawn to it like i love hip-hop because like it's so simple but yet it's so passionate mm. and straightforward you know, and like I've tried and every time I like actually try, like it just comes off as cheesy and forced. But then when I have moments of like, oh, wow, like that kind of inspires me and I just start writing it down. Mm. Like, you know, I come up with bangers like that, you know, and like stuff like that, you know, is another reason why I love, you know, what Ryan does. Like he's learned and he's put in time and he's learned how to play guitar and like learned how to make beats and stuff on, yeah. on the computer. <clears throat> and just like, you know, like that's a skill for him. But then also being able to write lyrics and put it over that, like it takes that mm. that art up to another level. Mm. But it also like adds meaning and depth to it because like maybe that beat is expressing a piece of him, but then those right. lyrics that match that beat are expressing a piece of me. And so he and I together collaborating, creating something even new and more different than what we would have done on our own. Yes, that has even more value now. And so like, that's one reason why I love networking and meeting up with people and talking, you know, about what I'm passionate about. And that's why I love Joey. And that's why I love what you're doing. And that's why I love what he's doing and what Ryan's doing because you guys are creators, you know, but you also love connecting with people and, mm. you know, like helping them create what they're doing too. Yeah. Ryan has helped me out tremendously. Like there's no way I could have gotten the traction I did in a short amount of time just with like the creation process of music. If I didn't have Ryan sitting where Caleb's sitting right now and like walking me through the production part because he's a he's a master at that. He can do all of that. But yeah. Yeah. And that's one thing that I love helping him with, too. Like over the summer, as I started getting more into PC gaming, because like all this was kicking off and I was stuck at home. Right. So yeah. I'm starting to get more into PC gaming because I can't pay for Xbox Live Gold while I'm not working, right? So it's like just play online for sure. free on, on the computer. And then I was like, well, I've got this computer that can play these games and it can also live stream. And I want to be a content creator. So I figured out how to start live streaming and like how to set up different scenes with OBS. And so like now, like I'm equipped to kind of run something like this, like maybe not quite on the level that you do it. But like I've got the understanding for how to do yeah. that and I can take that and I'm helping Ryan with that. Like Jeez. he started live streaming games now. And that's with his crap internet out in the middle of the woods back there, you know, only five megabits per second. He can still put <laughs> out, you know, a four eighty P stream while yeah. he's playing Fall Guys or whatever, yeah. you know? Well, it goes back to what your professor was telling you. Like yeah. I've been doing this for over three years now. Yeah. So I I mean it didn't start out good. Like yeah, I you know decently because I'd listened to so much podcast and I heard Joe Rogan. Actually, this is funny. Yeah. What it's funny you brought up Duncan Trussell. Yeah, because what inspired me to start podcast was Joe Rogan on Duncan Trussell's tail telling him to start a podcast. And I hear Duncan Trussell talking. I'm like, man, I feel like I know more than Duncan Trussell. 
I feel like I have more interesting things to say. That was just, you know, it's, it's all yeah. subjective because yeah. maybe someone really likes Jungle Trust. But at the time, when I was a freshman in college, I was like, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I think I could do better. I didn't start until I was a sophomore until I started a podcast, but I had the idea there. And that's when I was inspired. Um, yeah. But when I started out, audio only. And I just, I, I knew... I could keep doing that, and I've went back to audio only for a little bit, doing trying out some different things. But it's literally the best way to learn is by messing up, messing up, messing up, and keeping going, right. keep going, keep going, yeah. keep going. Because I have gotten so so much value out of starting a podcast when I was nineteen, now being twenty three, and uh, that I would have never got if I didn't try it. And I would have never got if I got discouraged about the amount of people that were watching because I got deals from Sony. I got to talk to Bob Metcalf, the creator of Ethernet, mentor of Steve Jobs. Like, I ended up working for Reese Witherspoon for a little bit for 150 an hour. Like, Whoa. these crazy things. But that didn't come directly from what they tell you is important, which is views. Right. But I used it as a tool to navigate and create more and space for other people. Ended up... Uh, starting it not I'm not bragging but I'm just telling you like what came out of this like right. I'm encouraging people that if you just stick with something and keep trying to grow in it something great will come out of it that's if you're called to it right I just I feel called to this and uh and I get discouraged and like this reconstruction of the the podcast was literally a revelation that God gave me like last weekend to to redo the studio get more professional yeah and uh but like I, after starting the Mindless Millennials podcast, I uh, ended up starting a organization on mm. campus called mm. Collegiate Content Creators. First, it was first the, uh, and I had a lot of people that helped me. So this is not me doing it on my own. Right. Like I don't, I don't believe in self-made man. Like I'm a self-made oh, yeah. man. No, that it's, is not possible. Right. What part of yourself did you make? Right, you know, but like uh, uh, that's DNA from your dad, <laughs> DNA from your mom, blessing from God that you didn't die before. Now yes. you know, like it's the amount that your parents poured into you, and yes, you pour yeah. work into it. And without that work that you pour into it, you know, like you're not really going to create yes. anything of value. And but you, that doesn't mean that you worked to get like you didn't do any work to get born. You yes. didn't do any work to be born in America. Yes. You know, the land of opportunity or for those people that have helped you most. Like, yeah, you didn't mentor, like you didn't do any work to be born to parents that could help you. And like, that's, that's not to disparage people that weren't born with the blessings yes. that we were born with. Like, unfortunately that just means that they're going to have to work harder, but those that make it out of that are that much more passionate because they had to work harder. And so what they and create more means capable. more. Yeah. What, the, what they create has that much more value. Mm. Like David Goggins, you know, like, you know, he tells a story of himself. Like he was fat, ineffectual, right. you know, like 300 plus pounds. Like, and you know, some would, say about, is, some would say what he is now is a little unhealthy as far as some would say, yeah, breaking his legs, basically running them to the bone, you know, yeah, you but, know, but then, yeah, but again, he's, he's inspired he's nuts. Like yeah. he is the epitome of what you can do as a human. If you have the right mindset and push yourself, mm. you know, uh, and like, but the cards have to align too. Oh, well, like, yeah, no, like definitely <laughs> like you, you are constrained to, the situation that you've been put into by God, but at the same time, yeah. you uh, also have a lot more ability than you realize if yeah. you really focus your energy and your time and like, 
you know, you have a goal and you consistently work toward that goal and you don't let failure get you down or discourage you. Well, I think that's a good thing to break down too, is because I personally believe that we have a choice to follow the path that God has given us, but we don't have to, but he's, he's designed something. He knows the ultimate outcome for how he wants to use your life. And so he's designed this path. And, and if you think about it this way, you know, where I was like, oh, like decide what you want and go and get it. And mm. it's like, to, to a certain extent, yeah, that can work for people, but are you going to get the ultimate life experience that leads to fullness of joy, like right. the one that God wants to give you? Yeah. And probably not. And I think about it this way. If you have a paved path, if you have, like, let's say you're hiking through the woods mm. and you have the trail, the hiking mm. path, every, like, uh, like that has been, like, mm. whoever, you know, well whether trod. it was deer, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, not saying you should pat like walk the path that everybody's going, but like you have a design path that has been paved out for you. It has drinking fountains along the way. It has beautiful scenery, and it has some roadblocks too. It has some hard things, so you have to grow. It has some rocks to climb, but it's not thorny. It's not constant branches because if you decide to go your own way, you're gonna get smacked by branches in your head. Hand, you're gonna fall into cactus because you're off of the path designed for you. And, uh, and so I think like it has to be a combination of both, right? It's the both and principle. It's like the, you have to like work at something, but it's also this other like spiritual component and reality component of like, man, I think I could work so hard to become in the NBA. That's impossible. I'm a five, eight white dude (laughs) that can't jump. jump, (laughs) I can't jump, bro. Yeah. So, yeah. so and, I think it's the combo, you know? Yeah. Like you recognize like the limitations that have been placed upon you and you kind of use that to inform the direction that you're going. Yeah. Um, and like, you don't necessarily let it deter you from what you think that you are ultimately supposed to be doing. But at the yes. same time, like you but don't sure, like recognize, oh yeah, I'm a four, six, you know, white dude yeah. can't jump, you know? Like maybe I shouldn't be putting my time and energy into playing basketball because that's not really going to come of anything. But if you really, really feel led to do that, and maybe it's not necessarily making money playing professional basketball, but maybe, you know, using that to reach out to kids in the inner city or something like that and preach the gospel that way, maybe that, you know, is your calling. And so you pour your time and effort into that. And so it's really on an individual basis. Um, so like you don't necessarily want to look at your limitations and let that define you, but at the same time, you don't want to look at your limitations and then foolishly, Mm. you know, think like none of it matters. Like it's kind of striking that balance that you were talking about. Yeah. And it's like, I, I just believe a lot in making sure where you think you're supposed to go aligns with God's ultimate purpose that you find scripturally. If God is for us, who can be against us? But we have to be making sure that we are doing those good works that God prepared beforehand for right. us to do. Otherwise we are going against God and, and he will be our opposition. And it's not to like, you should never worry too much about whether you're making the right or wrong decision in life direction, ultimate life direction to where you don't try any things at all. Like try, like if I, you know, trying podcasts, trying music, trying photography, trying this, trying that, like yeah. try things and you're going to fail. But ultimately you're going to sync up with your true purpose. If you, you know, go down the wrong path, mm-hmm. you're going to hit cactus and it's going to hurt. So you go back. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. But then also like you, you think about the aspect, you know, uh, broad is the way and easy, the path right. that leads to destruction, mm-hmm. you know, narrow is the, the path and hard is the way that leads to life. And so like, and then, it, uh, Bible also talks about, you know, 
the world is going to hate you if you emulate Christ because they hated him first. You sure. know, like we are supposed to stand out and the world doesn't like that, you know? Mm. And then back to Romans one again, like they, they hated the light and loved the darkness because, you know, or rather they, their eyes were blinded to the glory of God because they loved the darkness that they were in, you know? Mm. And so they rejected the light and we are the light. We are the salt, you know? And you know what salt feels like on an open wound? It hurts, you know? Mm. And so, like, the world is going to reject us for that, and it's going to be hard, you know? But we have to not get discouraged mm. by that, and we have to keep to push through. And, you know, when we push through and when we succeed, because God is our strength, you know, we do in the mm. strength that God supplies. Philippians 4.13, I can do all through God who strengthens me, you know, all through Christ who strengthens me, mm. you know? And, and so, man- and mankind loves their poison. We love just a little bit. We just want a little bit. Mm-hmm. We just want a little bit of poison. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit of alcohol, a little mm-hmm. bit of this, a little bit of that. We, we want a little bit, but then mm-hmm. it's like, oh, now, now I've taken a little bit of Adderall. Mm-hmm. Now I need more Adderall. Mm-hmm. But we love that poison until it sucks us in and kills us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, her feet go down to death. Speaking of the adulteress, you know, mm. like again, her, she tastes like honey on the tongue and then her end is bitter as wormwood, you know, like, sin will destroy you the price will be paid you know and if like you give yourself over to that you know then you're going to be paying that price but if you reject it you know you follow after god christ paid that price for you Mm. yeah dude this has been awesome heck yeah dude should 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 i uh, should we do a little freestyle should i spit a little freestyle oh oh, bro i I can't freestyle (laughs) the last time i freestyled bro like this guy his name's uh blue the ox uh he's he's from a leaf which is north of houston um and uh you know straight gangster used to be a gang banger you know went to prison got got saved got reformed came out and he's trying to be a rapper uh and a photographer and everything and he was Vis- like being a visiting speaker like angel tree they're a uh, a um a charity that helps uh kids of uh prisoners like basically both parents are in prison they got nobody and so angel tree yeah. helps them out and the camp that i was working at frontier camp out in grapeland texas uh they have an angel tree week where it's all kids of you know whose both parents are in prison uh, an angel tree, you know, pays all the yeah. tuition and everything, or like the, the weekly fees for them to go out there and be able to stay and like eat and play and have fun and activities and stuff. And he came out there and he, like, I was sitting on the front row listening to him give his yeah. speech and he starts freestyling and he like hands me the mic. And this dude's like, you know, six, three, six, four, like 400 <laughs> pounds, like massive, you know, just like yoked dude, you know, like, and I was like, you know and i got up there and i tried to freestyle and completely failed and embarrassed myself and that was just in a room full of like i don't know 150 people like i don't know how many subscribers you got like in the few hundreds the thing is people are terrified of that yeah no they really are terrified of you know what 10 people you know what we hear if if someone wants to drop a beat and you want to lead it off i guess i could try to follow you in freestyling bro but i literally was just like okay we're not freestyling no in my head i was like no bro like i i don't want to do that like i recently (laughs) i've been trying to be more of a yes man but not to my detriment more to like my benefit (laughs) yeah you know like because like Joey was talking about, you know, and like I was talking about, I would get in my own head and let my anxiety or like, you know, oh, I don't want to be a, a trouble to this person or, oh, I suck at that. I don't want to do that and embarrass myself. Like, you know, that's that's been holding me back. And so yeah. I've been trying to change that recently and not like get so ang- anxious about the stupid little stuff. Like, yeah, it's fun. And I bet you there are a lot of kids that look at that and laugh at me. It's <laughs> like, but at least I could bring them a little bit of joy, yeah. you know. 
You want to get a beat going, Caleb? Oh, shit. If you really want. You know what? Here. Like, rather than freestyle, I'll try to put this down, like, oh, you know, put down yeah. my fire verse. 100%. Like, I'll try to put that down better and, like, try to get into the flow of you it. Because, YouTube? like. Yeah. Um, just look up freestyle. Oh, yeah. actually. Can you or, put it on here? Yeah. Maybe we could go to Ryan's uh, SoundCloud and, like, uh, give him a little shout out. Uh, let's just let's just do freestyle. Okay. Uh, ins- or no, just put up a rap instrumental, rap yeah. instrumental on YouTube, and then I will pick one out. And okay. Then then we'll just we'll I think we'll end the podcast after this because this has been a juggernaut, bro. Yeah. yeah you, we're at three hours. You are welcome back anytime, my friend. Absolutely, anytime, bro. Friend. I'm glad to be here, and I I hope that uh, like going forward, like no, I'll like, be able yeah. to to point more people to yes. your podcast, and I really. Like you really got to get in uh, in touch with Joey and do a collab. Like you hop on his podcast and then have him on yours. Go go to go up. Go to that guy's channel. C G C. Go to his channel. Go down. See see right right. Oh yeah yeah the G C. Go to his channel, not his video. His channel. Click his channel. See his yeah yeah. There you go, bro. There you go, bro. Caleb, dude. Young Caleb over here. Young Caleb, bro. Young Caleb, you are being such a freaking awesome guy right now rolling with this podcast all right yeah. let's try especially considering uh, i'm someone who doesn't like rap <laughs> go, oh, to, go wow. to go to videos hey you've gotten more into it since you've known me so yeah. <laughs> oh <laughs> not <dude>. so much <laughs> joji man i freaking love joji oh go bro bro see if uh see if we can find an instrumental of run by joji wait wait go down go down looks like you've listened to most of these uh let's do one i haven't heard though let's do that little spaceman right there oh yeah uh, bottom left quarter and coda it's pink it's pink yeah Yeah, yeah, there you go yeah okay all right are we good okay yeah yeah, we get it in the the studio monitor turn it down a little bit yeah just a just a a tad just a tad yeah yeah right there yeah all right you you guys ready yeah all right you lead it off and then all right (sighs) it's like sway in the morning (laughs) Uh, Yeah Mm. Mm, mm, mm. (laughs) Oh my gosh Yeah It's like Sway Like each and every day, Christ is his name I don't ever wanna be a lame Hop on the plane to Paris, to France Anything I ever think, yeah It's inside my mind, but it comes from the Lord So divine, yeah, spitting the rhyme a couple of times, yeah When I'm on the spot, I always do better Young dude, so clever, yeah, I wanted to be better Every single day, sanctified, wonder why I fulfill the commission, on a mission Listen, I'ma get it, feel, feel, on, yeah Let's go, James. Let's All go, right. James. Oh, let's see yeah. if I can recover this. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Pornography, philosophy, it's wrecking our society. The government is feeding me pills for my anxiety. Yeah. Sick thrills. Sick thrills and impropriety. It kills indulgers quietly, and yet there are returners if it fills my needs sufficiently. Yeah, yeah. For Chris, mm. You need to get like the prescription, chorus. addiction, relapse, yeah. competition, whatever it takes to raise up the stakes in corporate asset acquisition. <laughs> yeah, that, that's supposed yeah. to come off faster, man. <laughs> well, like I said, I ain't yeah. gonna freestyle, and I'm not. <laughs> Bro, uh, uh, but, 
read words off that list and throw them out to me about okay. every five seconds, and okay. I'll wrap them. Okay. All right. Ready? Yeah. Let's go. Prescription. Uh, yeah. I pop the pills to get my prescription. That's my intuition. But I know I don't want to live like that no more. Like clap some more. Like let's all go. Mm, I was about to say something political. But you want to, what you say? I don't want to be a thief. I don't want to steal. Yeah, even though I'm short in my youth. And I still feel new. And I still feel like a guy. So brother number two. Yeah, that's all I do. I want to liberate the captives. Yeah, you know I'm capping all the demons that come after. Me with my pistol on my side, yeah. Wonder why I was a quiet kid, guy, yeah. Philosophy, <laughs> philosophy, oh, uh, yeah. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm recreating, I'm, I'm trying to be the opposite of Satan. Can I say it, yeah? I'm a poet, can you quote it? And I didn't even note it, cause I'm seeing it, living it, loving it, everything I'm doing inside of my republic, kid. We all living, intuition, feeling the fiction. All right, we, that's it. That's uh, it. That's yeah. it. That's it. That's it. Cut the mics, man. Cut the mics. <laughs> <laughs> nah, yeah. What? Uh, yeah. Uh, this has been fun, bro. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, not exactly the mic drop finish that I was hoping for, but at the same time, three mic drops throughout. Like, I'm, I'm okay right, with that. Right, you know, right. just... I think it's a memorable ending. Yes. <laughs> memorable? Yes. <laughs> Pretty. that's okay uh we glorify god through our imperfections amen hey bro but that's that's like i mean that's you contributed yeah absolutely absolutely we've been bouncing off it's it's all about amen bro hey we're all a part of the body and there's different functions for each different things you know what i'm saying yeah and the the freestyle (laughs) and vocal cords are not mine (laughs) yeah yeah but again Thank you guys for watching, James. Thank you so much for coming on, dude. I'm yeah. telling you, you're welcome back anytime. Absolutely. Anytime we want to do a conversation, let's get it going. You mind if uh, I sign off the way I sign off uh, my boys' podcast? Uh, it's my Facebook group. I'm an admin of, and uh, it's basically Christian uh, sure. SEC lovers. Let's and do it's it. like, and remember, brothers. Uh, let your light shine before men, so they may see your good works and glorify your Father is who is in heaven. And we'll see you next time. See you next time. Amen, brother. Where, 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 where? Yeah, there we go. Love you, Caleb. Hey, bro, you are a juggernaut. You are a juggernaut. The king. Let's get it. Love you guys. See you next time.